This is the MLW Radio Network. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Blackheart, the head honcho off the Top Roast Podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here, OTTR Headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever that you get your podcast from with our, with our latest Last Week of Wrestling, After Darts, Under Boss's Hard Taste, and now our new upcoming trivia game show, Wrestling Every, coming soon. So if you like what you've seen, you love professional wrestling, you love independent wrestling, you love everything about wrestling just yourself, give us a tune. You know, you would not regret it. Blackheart out. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Are you tired of prediction shows? Do you want to fantasy book the companies? Does Bigfoot even really exist? If you answered yes to any of those questions, then check out the podcast that isn't a podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday, the standing streamer stands and delivers as he and Vanessa talk about all that's going on in pro wrestling today. Plus, see in-depth conversations with people in and around the wrestling world as guests share their stories and insights about making it in the business. The Putting You Over Podcast. Putting your weeknights over every Tuesday and Thursday. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we so go we... way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do. We do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Brocast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books. We're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also, check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast. That's B R O. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Ending. Yeah, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Two Heels and a Face Wrestling Podcast believes wrestling is a buffet. There's something there for everyone. These guys cover local Chicago indie scene, and all of their episodes can be found at twoheelsandaface.com. The number two heelsandaface.com Hey everyone, my name is referee Tony S and this is Heat, the wrestling podcast. Like you first and foremost, I'm a wrestling fan and for nearly two decades I've maintained law and order inside the squared circle in New England and throughout the country, working with some of the best and brightest from wrestling's past, present, and future. Now, I bring my authoritative tell-it-like-it-is style to the podcast world. Join me each week as we go through all the major headlines from the global companies, independents, and in-between. 
and most importantly, the women will receive the coverage and headlines they truly deserve as they'll empower the second half of the show. Plus, I'll introduce you to my friends and colleagues within all forms of wrestling and entertainment, answer your questions, anything goes, no holds, well, questions barred, and throw in some fun surprises along the way. Get ready for the spark that fuels the flame. Listen on Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome to another Tuesday evening of the Front Row Material brand. I am Mike Friel, and I'm also your host and executive and technical producer right now. That's why things seem a little different this week. Um, we are always brought to you by the MLW Radio Network. Once again, check out the MLW Radio Network for all your updated podcasts brought to you by that wonderful network. We have our shows as well for our material, the panel, which is tonight, uh, our daily podcast, which is known as Headlines, and then also, we cover all different types of interviews as well. But with that being said, let's go ahead and let's jump right into it. Casey is on assignment this week, and the writ is running a little late, but he will be joining us probably later on in the uh, first segment. But let's start off with the butt. Butster, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, Mike. Uh, just another day, another dollar. Got some new spectacles so I can see now. I see uh, that. Looking, uh, looking nice. Uh, I like it. I'm officially old. I need progressives now. So... That's it. It's straight downhill. And yeah, we just had Thanksgiving here in Canada, so that was nice. Oh. Had a extra day off with pay. Those were good days. So so Thanksgiving in Canada. So ex- explain to me really quickly, what is the difference technically between Thanksgiving in Canada and Thanksgiving here in the United States? The date. Same same principle, same everything, mm. just... Yeah. You have okay. your big feed of turkey... You know, you, you lay around, you, you watch TV, you get paid for it. It's, nice. It's a good so your Thanksgiving is obviously before Halloween, and is Halloween a big deal in your neighborhood where you and your wife yes. are? Yes, a lot nice. of kids in this neighborhood. We went through like 700 pieces of candy last year. Wow. Yeah, Holy it's banana cow. lands. And my that wife is... teaches at a school like seven blocks from here or eight blocks from here. So They probably funnel uh, right into the neighborhood. Well, I get stuck on candy duty because Linda doesn't <laughs> want to know. Doesn't want the kids to know where she lives. That's true. Hey, so, hey, when you're a teacher, you don't want that intel to get out. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. Responsibilities. Yeah. Eight, eight o'clock, the last kid showing up, like, this is what's left in the bucket. Open up your bag, Junior, to get it all. That's right. We gotta get it. It's got, the it's whole got thing to go. <laughs> out of here. So also joining us, Casey is on assignment this week. She's working on some things. She is our uh, female panel member. She also is big into cosplay. We'll be learning more about cosplay and her uh, her costume. She's currently working on a Ricky the Dragon Steamboat one, which uh, if you follow her on Instagram and Twitter, you should be able to see some updates on that. She's actually helped me out with a concept of what a uh, costume that I'm going to do for cosplay. So yes, my big ass is going to be dressing <laughs> up, and I think it'll be quite interesting. Yeah, a furry. I, I will be. Yeah, now, get ready for that. I'm not going to be a first. This furry thing, it all started, what, almost three years ago. And now all of a sudden it's it's grown to a life of its own. Um, just because I identify as a cat doesn't mean anything more than that. 
we'll get, we'll talk about the costume in a little bit. Yeah, we, we got we got to talk about uh, more about this. We we do, but let let's bring in somebody who I've gotten a chance to get to know for a while now. He's been in the wrestling industry for quite some time. We finally gotten a chance to hook up with our schedules. This is referee Tony. Uh, been in the business for over seventeen years. Been there, done that. Seen a tremendous amount. And I thought, what a better time to talk wrestling and interact and get him on the panel than tonight. So, Tony, what is going on, man? How you been? It has been a long time, sir. Thanks to thanks to Twitter and the admiration for stunning Steve Austin, we got to meet up and got to do this podcast. Uh, it's definitely a pleasure to be on here. And uh, Mr. Butt, pleasure to finally uh, meet you as well. It's and we're going to have some fun tonight. Um, it, it's going to be, I wouldn't say hot takes because we don't do that. We just do factual opinions here. Ooh, on the show. I like that. Um, but uh, it, we're going to have some fun and uh, glad I could uh, join you guys. Absolutely. Um, you've been in the ring for, for quite some time, so uh, you're not going to be uh, pulling any referee Paul Turners here and, and missing anything, are you? You're going to be on top of it? That's, uh, that's not in my track record. So. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's, that's not in my track record. I try to, uh, I try to uh, call it uh, as I see it right down the middle, um, but also objectively. So that's, uh, that's how I do things. I like that. I like that. We're going to be getting into your career uh, coming up in our second segment, but we're going to be talking different wrestling takes or or factual uh, statements. Yeah. So if you would like to get in on the chat as well, definitely drop your questions. Be more than happy to answer those as well for you. But let's first start off with kind of the most uh, big topic, I would say, uh, the return of Bray Wyatt. Uh, we, I mean, once again, I, I say you know, the big return, but I think we all kind of knew in the back of our mind, Hey, this is probably going to be happening. So let's not all act like we're, uh, we're five-year-old and we're about to sit on Santa's lap. And this, this was very much seen. So Tony, let me go to you first. All of the QR code stuff, all the white rabbit stuff, what they were doing at live house shows. I think it was really cool from a production standpoint and getting people engaged. However, was this really any big surprise? I mean, do you think they should have been a little more quiet about it and then made it more of a surprise? Or do you think, no, we want to know, we want to let people know so we can get more at the walk-up at the at the tickets for the door? It's the who, what, when, and where question. And it's all about the when. Because the problem, in quotes, in the wrestling industry today is very few things are kept at surprise level and especially when thanks to ariel hawani ariel in his interview with triple h talked about you know with a word association talked about the possibility of bray wyatt coming back i thought as far as engagement went this was very well done because it got people to it got people to talk about it to openly speculate but in a good way mm -hmm. because you knew it was going to happen you just didn't know when it was going to happen so you really had to pay attention to those qr codes to figure out exactly what the story was and when it was going to happen so i thought it was well done and especially with the with the uh, new regime quote unquote of wwe you had to pay attention to programming to find out these codes and to figure out exactly 
you know, when Bray Wyatt was going to show up. So I thought engagement and as far as it not just being on television, you had to really be at events to really figure it out. So I thought this was uh, very well done. It got people talking and it still keeps Bray Wyatt at the attraction status that he left on. And that's important. Butster, let me ask you this. So it was a very successful marketing campaign and it was very successful from a business standpoint because now they're going to be able to make a, a lot of money on merchandise, right? Do you feel like Bray Wyatt, much like if we're going to use a comparison here, CM Punk coming back, there were some teasers, you know, that they would do with some of the promos that Darby Allen would do before he came back. We kind of knew, and it was once again, they sold out uh, the arena in Chicago, the United Center, on a rumor, basically. They really had great ticket sales for this one as well. Once again, on teasing something was going to happen, so probably more than just a rumor. Do you feel like this is comparable to the CM Punk situation where it'll get a tremendous amount of buzz in the beginning, but it will shortly or at some point in time start to wane? Or do you think, no, this situation with this regime is going to be different? Well, this has longevity, uh, I think, much more so than CM Punk coming back uh, due to numerous reasons. One, from what you hear, Bray's a better person than CM Punk is. So that'll probably help benefit everybody there. And just your booking in WWE now, especially, versus the dumpster fire we have in AEW right now. Uh, I think it's definitely going to have some legs. I think it's brilliant. I think the way they did it was amazing. Mm. I mean, it, that had everybody tuned in. If you're a wrestling fan and you didn't tune into that, just stop watching. Be done with it. I mean, it, it was excellent with the QR codes and the little cartoons and whatnot. It was it was fantastic. One of the best uh, unveilings, returns, or whatever there's been in a very long time. Especially was the last the time we had something like this. Yeah, look, this doesn't happen anymore. It's not like you know how often you see vignettes and stuff that you used to be bringing somebody in and the tease of all that stuff. It's been a while. The way they've carried this out, got some good time out of it. It's going to be excellent. I think Bray is going to be over something wicked when he comes back and this it's all going to be roses well we've kind of talked about on the show before that you know and i i am a big believer that wwe is going to have another big boom i really do and and this comes in cycles this comes in waves but i think they're going to have a big boom and i think things are going to go really really well now it really depends on how well management continues to keep things rolling if triple h and stephanie and nick khan continue to stay consistent they stay steady they do consistent booking with people people don't get stale and it doesn't get silly i think things are going to go really well for the foreseeable future and i think that that's a great team right there tony let me ask you this question do you think that wwe for the sake of business should have had a succession plan already in place a while ago um, when they knew things weren't going so well? Or do you think behind the scenes they really did have one? This wasn't just thrown together once Vince was outed for all of his uh, hush money sexual uh, scandals. Well, look at the timing of it. And 
look how quickly things moved after the announcement of uh, Vince McMahon leaving the company and how quickly you have a co-CEO, the, the naming of co-CEOs, and then uh, Triple H uh, coming back from his health uh, his health scare and what happened with him, and then him coming back into uh, a, an executive role. I think this was the plan, at least within the Triple H and Stephanie role, I think, for a while. Because if it wasn't, look how much positive feedback that they've gotten in their individual role since taking over. You would have had a, a stumble here and there, and that would have been expected. But the fact that they've uh, strived to be in a position to where they could be trusted handling the ball, because we've everybody has speculated, even though I don't think anybody would have ever predicted it happening this way, of what would happen if the, the day came and Vince McMahon was no longer within WWE because he's been a part of it, a public figure on screen off of it for so many, so long and so many generations mm -hmm. that he is just as emblazoned within WWE as an Andre the Giant, as a Hulk Hogan, as a Steve Austin, and all mm -hmm. those top stars that became synonymous with that. He is there. So the fact that he's still going to be synonymous with WWE, but you don't see him, and he's now has nothing to do with it, it's mind-blowing to especially longtime fans. But I think that there was a succession in place, at least in my opinion. I think Triple H being a student of the game, uh, Stephanie, of course, being in the family business, I think that they had... Uh, I think that they had a succession to get to where uh, they needed to to be to succeed at, and I think that they, as circumstances were, I think they were both ready for it because it was presented to them, and they went up to plate and they hit a home run. As far as right now being in a position where you're handling creative and, and et cetera, et cetera. So I do think there was a succession plan in place. Maybe it would have been the next two or three years. We don't know that. Thankfully, they don't pay us enough money to know that. But at the end of it, I think there was a plan in place. And I think ultimately it would have been Stephanie, of course, leading the charge of the C as a CEO of some, uh, uh, some point leading the, the company because, it would be kind of difficult to not have a McMahon in that top spot. But I think there was a succession in place. It's interesting, too, because when we think about, you know, Vince not being there, when you, and you touched upon he'd been there since really the inception. Um, yeah. And he bought the company over and, and turned it from the WWF to the WWF and the concept of WrestleMania and all these other things that we now are it's ingrained in the DNA of wrestling fans and it, and it's so much a part of not only wrestling, but pop culture as well. It's bled over into movies and it's very, very interesting the way there's such great crossover appeal with WWE. So as far as a success, uh, 
rate of transitioning a business. Vince definitely did that. But you know what's interesting when you think about, and I watched a couple of interviews and some documentaries, the Ring Boy scandal, right? Pat Patterson, all these things that happened in the 80s, mm-hmm. you know, into the female referee who was cohorsed. I mean, Rita you know, Chatterton. Yes. What? You know what? You're talking, to, you're talking to a referee here. I should, I should know these. Yeah. <laughs> Where there's smoke, there's fire. Where there's yes, smoke, there's yes, fire. Yes, yes, yes. And at the Absolutely. end of the day, uh, a leopard doesn't change his spots. And right. all of these people that he had wronged, all of these people he had wronged, eventually caught up to him. And I, I almost feel like it's he got his just dues outside of he needed to be prosecuted for what he did to these people. That's my honest opinion. Unfortunately, we didn't get to that stage, but it just validates all these things people had said over the years of what had happened and what had gone on. So this kind of leads me to my next uh, kind of big statement here. There is talk about inducting him into the WWE Hall of Fame and whether that would happen anytime soon or whether they would need some cooling off period before they did something like this. Hmm. So, But let me throw it to you first. Do you feel personally that the temperature is okay right now to do something like that with Vince? Or do you feel like no way – this is way too fresh. We need to let things calm down for a while and then maybe start thinking about integrating him into something where a Hall of Fame could be brought in. What's your, what's your take? There is no way on God's green earth now is the right time. Who in the Jimmy Jack Jesus thinks that's a good idea? It's terrible. Everything is hot right now, especially in today's society with the way everything is that everybody gets up in arms over the littlest thing, much less something like he did. Yeah. It's terrible. If you do that now, you, you look like a bunch of scumbags. Hey, look what he did, but hey, he's kind of a big deal. Let's put him in the Hall of Fame. No way. You can't do it. Do you know if maybe in five, eight, ten years' time? I don't know. Maybe. It's, it's touchy because... The thing is, like Pete Rose, you know, it's it's the, not the ethics or the morals or the good person Hall of Fame. It's the wrestling Hall of Fame. Correct. Or the baseball Hall of Fame. It should, in theory, be based on what he did for wrestling, which is yeah. a hell of a lot and a hell right. of a lot of great things. Uh, but he kind of looks like a not good person right now and fair enough i mean some of that stuff was messed up now it's not the time you just can't it'll be an uproar no just now would be a terrible time to do it you know maybe if it cools down in the future then so be it but not right now tony let me ask you this um Vince is such a polarizing character, right? You know, so many times we don't know whether he's being Vince or he's being the Mr. McMahon character. But as we know, as you know, in wrestling, sometimes those two are not that far off from each other, right? That that division line between who the real person is and their persona can be uh, quite close. What's your take on Vince going into the Hall of Fame? And what's your take on people saying that it should happen relatively soon? I gotta agree with uh, Butster here. I don't think now is the right time because, as he eloquently put it, right now is too soon. 
And I think for him, because he's been so ingrained within WWE since basically his entire life, what is life outside of wrestling for Vince McMahon? We've all speculated it. He even had a DVD come out uh, of his own namesake. But we all don't know what life is like outside of wrestling for Vince McMahon. For all we know, this is all new to him. We don't know what he does in his free time. We don't know what his hobbies are, if he even knows what that means. True. We don't know that. But I think it should be time, at least for him... Yes, he's done some negative things. We all know about mm -hmm. that. But we also, you know, he's done some good things to expand the industry, to expand the sport. And I think for him, I think it's time to maybe take, you know, 12, 18, 24 months to enjoy life and figure out what he wants to do without any kind of writers or creative. Now that he's in control, he can do it. I also believe that if it was too soon, you know what can of worms would open up. Oh, sure. Because it, I won't mention it, but you know if he goes in the Hall of Fame being too soon, other people who have may have done either less or more egregious things than Vince McMahon that has been known in the public eye, then some wrestling fans would want to consider them being put into the Hall of Fame. And I think at this point, it's too soon. Let's let, uh, as Shawn Michaels would say, let's let Vin Man out in the sunset here. Let's uh, give him about uh, 18, 24 months to kind of figure out what he wants to do. I'd say if he was going to get into the Hall of Fame, it would be shortly before his 80th birthday, God forbid. Um, but I think it's time for him to kind of figure out what life is like outside of the industry for him at this point and give Triple H and Stephanie and Nick Khan and all the creative team and all the people that they trust uh, a clear pathway to learn and grow and make mistakes and uh, see the, the company grow. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think you're right. You brought up a good point about the ripple effect. You know, if it's him, then now he becomes that measuring stick, right? Yep. Of people who did what, who didn't do what, who should be in, who shouldn't be. It really starts to kind of, you start going down that rabbit hole and you start really starting to see these layers of uh, maybe hypocrisy start coming out. And you're like, mm -hmm. wait a minute, this is not, uh, this is not what we thought it would be, but you both are, are I, I agree with you. I mean, he did a lot of things for the industry. He A lot of people got opportunities. But then also on the flip side, there's a lot of things that people will co-horsed co into having to do. And some of the divas have come out and said that they were told that they needed to, you know, you need to drop weight or get boob implants or you need to do this or you need to do that. So, I mean, and not to say that that's not the wrestling industry, right? I mean, you would know more than anything. I mean, the wrestling industry can be, uh, a little sketchy at times. I mean, yep. J Jerry Lynn has told us and, and Mikey Whipwreck have told us, you know, uh, you know, it's not it's it's a difficult business is what they would say. They said they love it, but it's a difficult business. And it's there's a lot of other things in there that just uh, 
sometimes make you scratch your head, especially when you're on the independence or even when the territories were still around um, with promoters and what their requests were. And I can't even fathom that. I really can't. I'm really glad I'm on the other side of the rail because psychologically, I don't, I don't know if I would be able to cut it in that, uh, in that industry. Um, I think uh, with that, you know, with everything going on, I'll just add to it. I think with everything going on in, in the wrestling business that has happened, I think everybody has done their own version of the people's eyebrow in the wrestling business. Like, <laughs> you know, like, exactly. Like what the hell's going on over here? It's to say it's, it, it's, it's a, it's a fun business. It's a rewarding business, but uh, it is also at times it can be sketch city USA. Well said. I want to kind of switch gears here to another promotion um, that I feel like in so many ways is a short-term, I'm here for a good time, not for a long time, uh, place like Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling always seems like a lot of the people that are a part of Impact Wrestling, we always hear, well, they're finishing up now, or they're done now. And it doesn't seem like it's super long for, for a lot of them, right? They come, they're there, maybe six, eight months, maybe a year, and then they're done. Most mm -hmm. recently, we found that Matt Taven, we found out that Vincent, we found that Mia Yim, um, Maria Canellis. We found out there's a lot of them that are, and I can't even keep my headphones in, uh, are now free. Your headphones are leaving Impact Wrestling. Everyone's leaving, yes. Yep. <laughs> are, are now on their way out. And there was rumors that uh, Vincent was backstage at Monday Night Raw. So do we feel like there's going to be a situation where people look at Impact Wrestling as, you know what, I'm going to go there. People claim they like it there. They love working for Scott Demore, but why is it that people just typically don't stay there for very long? I wonder if it's the money. I mean, it can't be necessarily the travel. What do you guys think? I'll start off with Bud here. Why do you think so many people come in Impact Wrestling, and then shortly after, not too many months down the road, you hear that oh, well, they've wrapped up their time there. I'm sure a fair bit of his money at their fairly low budget compared to a lot of the other federations, like. Obviously, WWE or AEW or even Japan. That's definitely got something to do with it. I think it's seen as a, a launching pad. It gives people some exposure, their first real kind of exposure. It'll get them a little bit of traction, and then they can use it to carry on to bigger and better. You know, progress their career, make some extra cash, you know, and, and see where it goes from there. That seems to be the take on it. I mean, Scott Demore, I mean, obviously he's Canadian, and he ran a um, board, uh, what's called? border town, I believe it was called, in Windsor and whatnot. Border he's City Wrestling. Over, border City, yes, there you go. And he did some more up here as well, for a smaller one. He was with Smash, I believe, for a little bit. He's done some work, I think, with Greek Town in Toronto yeah. as well. I mean, he does a lot of really good stuff. He's a very smart man. So, I mean, he's probably just a real good person to learn from and open up some doors for you to, to carry on. Uh, Impact is not, from everything we hear, it's not a, a long-term career. You're just, you're just not going to be there that long. You're going to get in. You're going to get your contract. You're going to get some exposure. You're going to get bigger. And from what you see, you're going to want a little more money, and whether they don't have it or won't spend it, and you just 
carry on down the road. I think it's just a launching pad. Tony, what's your take on this? I mean, how many times have we read, you know, such and such is now wrapping up their time? They're, 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 and we're like, what do you mean they're wrapping up their time? They're, they're done now. Like it's like their tour is finished. It just seems to be a, a consistent thing that we continue to hear. Does it, do you think, in your opinion, boil down to finance? Because it's not travel. It's not the grueling aspect of that. I mean, I think we know a lot about that. But what exactly is that thing that people just stay for a while and then they're gone? It could be a number of factors. Of course, you know, uh, money definitely would play a part of it. It also could be uh, contract length. Maybe it's agreed upon that maybe the talent isn't there for an exorbitant amount of time, maybe six months, nine months, maybe a year. That's part of it. Could be the length of the agreement. Um, And it could also, I mean, Impact Wrestling, I think, has always been known, at least since the Spike TV days, as I call it a springboard promotion where you use impact to get to the next level because we've seen it with so many people where they get additional exposure that maybe, uh, maybe because of their longevity with impact, they could get with impact that they may not get with, uh, with AEW or any other kind of promotion like that. Um, Money's part of it. Contracts are part of it could also be schedules scheduling could have a lot to do with it where it's not that grueling of a schedule like wwe where you could take some um independent based promotions as long as they're not i know they some have had different kind of rules where you can take promotions uh, and bookings from promotions as long as they're not streaming pay-per-views and things like that um, that is part of it. Schedule could be part of it. And it also depends on the talent themselves and what they want to do. Um, there could be so many factors leading into it, but I think Scott Demore knows what he's doing because if he didn't, then he wouldn't be in charge of impact. And I think he's always looking for that next uh, talent that needs an opportunity. I think every every talent, no matter what kind of field that you're in, I think they do need uh, an opportunity to uh, at least have the opportunity to be seen on that kind of uh, national level. And I think Impact does have uh, still a worldwide presence. I know they're big in the UK, and, and I think they still have a deal within in India somehow. But it could be a number of ways. Money travel scheduling what the individual talent wants uh there could be so many factors but overall i think impact has been sneakily doing a very good business and they from their last pay-per-views or even their television um it, it sucks that you know they're on a platform where not everybody can see it um, but I do think that they've been doing very well as of late with their storytelling and their production as of late. No, no, I agree completely. It, it is a shame that Access TV, I believe that's where they're on right now, yeah. is mm-hmm. not available in all markets. Your exposure you know, does dictate to some degree what your level of success is. Like Tony said, if you're not being able to be seen in, in every household 
and you're only on certain maybe packages, whether it's direct or dish or whatever it may be, yeah, that definitely makes it hard for somebody to say, Hey, I'm flipping through. Oh, I see this. I want to watch it. You know, right. it, you don't know what you have unless you have an opportunity. So do you think that they'll ever get a chance? And I know this is the million dollar question because so many people want to see them grow. Where else could they go? I mean, unfortunately, the, the numbers aren't great. Once again, they're not in every household, but they've got to be able to get on some type of platform where TV is still a viable avenue. I mean, a lot of people say go all streaming, go all streaming. Well, TV is a big deal because you got the TV rights and there's revenue yeah. with that as well. So that's why a lot of places don't go just straight streaming. What platform, meaning a channel, would you say, you know what, I could see Impact fitting in well with that? See, it's it's got to be somewhere where everybody, like you said, can have an opportunity to to see it. Possibly uh, Impact could maybe do a move that they used to do where maybe they would go into one of like a regional sports network that is streamed, not streamed, but that is brought nationwide. Um you know, the only problem is uh, they would have to go to a regional sports network that isn't under an umbrella that's currently involved in business with WWE. Like they can't go to NBC Sports Network because WWE is under NBC Universal, thanks to USA Network. So they would have to do research on that. But I, I definitely think some kind of regional sports network where back in the day when impact was on fox sports net at like four in the afternoon and it was okay your fox sports net that's right after espn and four o'clock and here's uh and here's tna for 30 minutes or here's tna for an hour i think that would work uh work for them um but it's got i think no matter what it has to be in the basic first tier package i i think it can't be in any other package where a customer should have to pay extra money to find it it's got to be in that basic tv uh, kind of package to where uh, they can see it um but also and i think that they've you know i think word of mouth is important too maybe spreading out some live events in some small not really smaller cities but near base cities you know, outside of like, you know, like, uh, like outside of Boston in one of the surrounding cities there, you know, sprinkle those in maybe once a month, 12 times a year, depending on the TV or even 10 times a year, just get that word of mouth out. But for streaming TV, some kind of regional sports network and a basic TV package to where uh, customers don't have to spend an extra $25 to get the additional package just for that one channel to see them. I agree. Butster, your take? No, he's right on there. I the only think that I think about if you go with like a regional channel, doesn't help me. Uh, well, yeah, no, you're international. You're international, yeah. It won't help me a lick, right? So, right. I mean, it wouldn't hurt, you know, the world does exist outside of the lower 48. So, you know, well, yeah. you got to get a little bit of exposure to us up here as well. Right. I mean, a, lot, a lot of wrestling fans here in Canada, too. 
right? And you get a little bit of exposure, it'll help, right? Yeah, I mean, guys... Josh Alexander is the Impact World Champion, so there's got to be, you know, I mean, there there should be a not just in the lower forty-eight, but also in the provinces of Canada because there's got to be, you know, I mean, not everybody can get on TSN, but there's got to no. be some kind of a sports network in in Canada, or some kind of network that can appreciate wrestling for the ratings that it does bring in. You could mm-hmm. you can say, "Well, wrestling this, wrestling's that," but people watch it, and if you give them a platform to watch it, they will be loyal to it. And Impact has a loyal fan base. It does. Yeah, yeah they said that after the apocalypse, there's only a few things that'll be left around: uh, cockroaches and uh, Impact Wrestling, no matter what. So uh, twenty years strong. Yeah. Gosh, how many times did we have we heard stories they were going under? They were going under, and this is it. This is the last hurrah. This is the last show, and all of a sudden, somehow they just uh, they keep on ticking. Um, right. Speaking of keeping on ticking, let's talk a little about AEW right now, and just kind of in a broad sense. Um, you know, they just uh, enjoyed their three year anniversary, which was great. Um, however. The buzz from 36 months ago to today has definitely changed. I feel like in a lot of ways, some things have changed. You know, for those of you guys who follow uh, AEW, it originally was supposed to be the people on the indies getting a chance to actually cut their teeth on a national stage. And it was supposed to be the people in the really hot towns all over around the, the United States and wrestling finally getting their their shot. And then all of a sudden, it slowly started to be, well, WWE released people, et cetera, et cetera. They started scooping people up. And then I think a lot of the loyals, you know, the uh, originals, if you will, kind of started getting frustrated. And the dynamic of the whole company changed. Cody Rhodes eventually ended up leaving, which now we could we can kind of infer why he left. Uh, we don't know the whole story. We can kind of infer. Um, but right now, I'll start off with uh, with Tony on this one. Why do you think there is so much influx as far as frustration with AEW? Do you feel like there was never really a foundation that was established on this is what we're doing, this is who we are, this is our identity, and here I am, I'm going to be the ruling hand, you need to listen to me? Do you think it was just way too loose to uh to to put it simply i think you said it earlier and that was their original mission statement of bringing some of the top talents from the indies because that was their their buzz of especially within the independent wrestling community oh well they're taking a look at this guy maybe this guy or this this girl or this person can get into aew and and have an opportunity to be on TV. And when some of the people got on AEW, it was a big thing because yeah. it was like, hey, our guys got one. Our our guys, you know, even if they didn't get a contract or even if they did, our guys got an opportunity. And I think after the whole WWE uh, influx, and you see some of the in the um, some of the indie talent, independent talent going over to dark and not being seen on television, even in, if so, it's, it's rare. 
I think going away from your original mission statement hurts. I also think that going toward every, nearly everybody who left WWE within the last two, three years, where you can see talents who have been released by WWE and they come over to AEW and they're maybe seen on television once every four to six weeks, maybe even that. And yes, WWE television has more programming than you, but they're this big name and you had a big announcement and you brought them in and that's great. And the fans are excited. They still want to see them. And it's almost like it's almost like you're putting them off over here. And we're like, okay, let, I'm gonna we we got you here. So I'm gonna pick you out here when I want you to. And I just think that to to your point also, the buzz isn't it, it's not as there as it was when the initials started. And, and I also think the backstage politics and not really politics, but I think the backstage drama being put out there had something to do with it because when your backstage drama is getting more attention than what you're putting on television, that's a problem. And I think that getting away from your mission statement and also having too many cooks in the kitchen and also being a little bit too public with your company to the point where anything goes and you have to, there's some kind of lack of structure there. And like I said, I want, I definitely want AEW to do well because people are getting opportunities. People are getting jobs. People are making money. There is an alternative, even though there are several others, but there are, there's a major North American alternative to WWE and that's AEW for right now. So I want to see them succeed, but at the same time, we can't give them the benefit of the doubt of saying that they're a new company and they need to, uh, they, they're going through growing pains. I think after three years, you should be able, at least in my view, to at least have some kind of game plan, some kind of battle plan going into each week and going into each pay-per-view. It's hard, but it can be done. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. But you've talked about this topic uh, on many episodes, and th there's a lot of things. Um, loose lips sink ships, as we all know, right? We've all been taught that growing up, and somehow things continue to find their way out. Mm -hmm. And Tony, Tony, unfortunately, and, and if there's one thing I would say about Tony Khan is that I think he too sometimes doesn't help himself. He doesn't help his cause the way he says certain things. Um, I think when you look at somebody who's in charge of a major company, right, we often have this perception of this is the way this person carries themselves. I think all of us would carry ourselves a little bit differently if we were in charge of a major company. But I just feel like he's very footloose and fancy free sometimes with what he says. 
And I think sometimes you might need to dial that back a little bit because you don't want to open yourself up to a lot of scrutiny. And I think sometimes he does bring that upon himself. Do I think he's a passionate person about wrestling? Absolutely. That does not mm -hmm. change, which is which makes him great. But on the flip side, I do think that he would benefit from having some senior people along his side to walk him through the Joes, the Jim Rosses, the Jerry's, the Dean Malenko's, the Arn Anderson's, the Dustin Rhodes, the people that say, hey, you know what, let's put together a little group here, a committee, and let's go ahead and, and, and put things on a certain schedule here. This is what we've seen in wrestling. This is what you may or may not be aware of right now. But I think sometimes when people have the title of the boss, they want to do things their way. And I think when you're coming into a business that you don't really know a tremendous amount about, I'm not trying to to pick apart his knowledge of wrestling, but I'm just saying there are people who have been doing it way longer. I mean, Jim Ross is the head of talent relations, for goodness sakes. I mean, he's been there. He's done that. I mean, there's, there's no if ands, or buts about it. Let me ask you this, but do you think that this is going to continue to get worse or do you think that they're going to learn from some of these mistakes and things will get righted? I think it's probably going to get worse, unfortunately. At this point, the precedence is set. I know, like I've said before, the inmates are running the asylum there. They got no, Khan has no control over nobody. He's out there, like you said, spouting off when he really shouldn't. You know, they have no control. You know, Sammy is pitching a hissy fit every other week, it seems like. You know, it's probably going to get worse. I hope I'm 100% wrong. I hope they can sort it out right to ship because they could do great things. Could have a great federation there. A lot's going to have to change, though. Khan cannot run that by himself. We've said that. I don't know how many weeks in a row now. He can't. He's a fanboy. And it shows a lot of times in the programming that he's more of a fanboy than anything else, which is fine. But he's not the one that you want pulling all the strings. He, he has people there, like you said, that could help with that. And he needs to put them in place and just maybe just stick to being the financial guy. Yeah, you sit in on the meetings, but he can't be the end-all, be-all. Doesn't have the experience, doesn't have the knowledge, doesn't have the maturity, unfortunately. Do you, okay, let me. so let me jump in here. Do you feel like that may be in some ways why Cody decided to uh, explore other options because Cody had this experience and Cody wanted to be taken maybe a little bit more seriously as far as a backstage aspect of it. And he saw the writing on the wall that people weren't going to be promoted to being a part of either creative or making decisions who've been in the business for forever. Do you think that that could kind of be stifling if you see that, if you're hitting that ceiling, like, okay, I know I can help you, but unfortunately you're just not listening Tony, do you feel that way? Do you feel like some people, like their heads were hitting the ceiling and they thought, well, hey, I'm not going to waste my breath. If you don't want it, then I respect it, but I'm going to be on my way. Uh, it's definitely possible. 
I, I definitely think that it's possible that you have a situation where there isn't strong ownership and the saying goes if you give somebody an inch they'll take the mile sure and i think with all of our knowledge in the wrestling industry let's uh we can say that if there's a talent that knows that the owner is going to let them get away with everything and anything as long as they don't get thrown off tv or lose their job and the ownership does not have the backing to either stop them or stand up to them they will take seven miles for it and i also think that people in the business they want opportunities they want opportunity to grow not just because they aren't great at what they do but i also think that they have something that they feel that they can add to better the product more to contribute yes more to contribute the problem is most promoters are not open to that because they feel that their way works and you don't find out until much later down the line either when that talent is frustrated and they leave and they go to another promotion where they feel valued and they get the opportunity or whatever the case may be that they need to open up because you never know you might have hidden gems in that locker room that can be able to contribute to the promotion for weeks months years down the line in a capacity that benefits everybody in addition to what they can do but you don't know that if you're if you're set in, if you're that set in your ways where you put this idea in place and nothing changes or you're listening to too many people and that's where politics can come in and eat your promotion alive i've seen it and with AEW i think now that right or wrong it all boils down to politics and politics always destroys opportunity always let, let me stick with you here for a second tony just because you, you you've been in the business for quite some time you've seen different things you've seen different generations of wrestlers come through i'm not calling you old by any stretch of the imagination but oh good what good, I, good. what i'm what i'm saying is though can you notice at different times it's a different mentality of a wrestler so like when you first started out in the industry right was there a certain mentality versus now because now we seem to hear that there's a lot of people on TV who just want to be on TV to be famous and it's not necessarily to be a wrestler or they are more likely to express their grievances without really having paid their dues as much. Do you feel like it's it's changed as far as the way it was just the mentality of a of a performer when you first started out versus what's coming into the locker room nowadays? Well, when I came in uh, to the industry social media was uh just starting up or at least it wasn't as popular as it is now so when i first came into the business i think it was more of still the traditionalist factor of uh people coming in wanting an opportunity to uh, 
live out their dream, whether whether they knew it was the furthest shot in the world to get to WWE, which is, hey, you know, I I, I want to be a pro wrestler, and you know, I want to I, I want to do this, and you know, see where it takes me. But I definitely think now, because of the exposure, I think that people are taking because of social media as well, people are taking different avenues in the business to get to where they want to go, where people can start off as one thing, then they want to transition into being a wrestler, then they want to do something else. So that aspect has changed because at that particular point when I came in, you had one avenue and that was it. At least at least in my case, you had one avenue and that was it. So now with the uh, advent of social media, there's so many avenues you can take that you really can benefit to your advantage as far as what you want to do. Um, so, and that can be good or bad, obviously. Um, but I do think that people, no matter what, I think they need to weigh the, weigh the pros and the cons of everything they do before they decide to take that first step into the business and learn and get as much opinion as possible. When you begin in the business, you don't have that luxury. You know, at least I didn't have the luxury of knowing that many people within the business to get to pick their brains and figure out exactly, you know, what avenues I want to take. I didn't have that opportunity. Nowadays with the advent of social media, you don't have to be in the wrestling business to know people in the wrestling business. True. So you can so you can pick their brains no matter what without even stepping foot in a ring. And you can do that. Um, so there's more opportunities to, to get there, but there's also more opportunity to set yourself back. But that's all in the choices that you take. So. No, no, I agree with you completely on that. Um, let's go ahead and let's do this. Let's play... Who's hot and who's not right now? Uh, it's a little segment I like to do where we talk about somebody who we believe right now is super hot and is super over in wrestling. And then we kind of break down what got them to that point. Why are they super hot? And then on the flip side of that, we say who's not. And if they're not hot right now, what do we think has really contributed outside of the booking itself? Because not everyone has, they don't have control over that. So let me go to the butt first. When you look at wrestling right now, whether it's Impact or WWE or AEW, who right now do you feel is hot? This person right now, give them the ball, let them run with it, because right now they have it. This pains me to say. He's sweating right now. You're 100% right, Freeland. Yeah, scissor me, they, daddy ass. They drive <laughs> me mental. Oh, but they're it's a well known fact. But they're over like Rover. They are very popular right, right now. Everybody loves them. So that's the first one that comes to my mind for who's hot right now. It's them. Well, okay. Well, no, let me ask you. Both this. Good. But, but let me ask you this what makes them hot? What makes them. If you had to boil it down, I mean, yes, they're talented wrestlers. We know that. They got a great look, good-looking dudes, right? Mm -hmm. um, what is it? I mean, we could say their charisma. What is it about them? It, a lot of times we find we talk about people who have the it factor. They clearly have the it factor. But what is it that draws people? Like what makes somebody say – I know you, you get annoyed by it, 
But what makes you say, I just... You're just trying to drag me down. You know what? I, I love these guys. Do. Come I'm on. Leaving. I'm, I'm going to go Come on. watch DeLong grow or something. It's that stupid rapping gimmick. Listen. Listen. That's the problem. Listen, listen. We Well, no fact, it's not my cup of tea, but people like it. They do they, like it. That's what a lot of... Because what, what attracts you to it first? Is when he comes in and he goes on about God only knows what. Right. You know, some of it's funny, right? A little bit catchy. And that draws your attention first. And like you said, two good looking young fellas. And they can both wrestle. Yes, they can. And right now, with uh, them having Billy Gunn with them, it only helps because the guy's been around forever. He knows everything. He's a great tag team wrestler with, with the smoking guns. And with DX, I mean, he's been there. He's done it all, right? And for me, do nothing but learn from him. That's wow. what it would be for me. You just yeah, made a, a yeah. smoking guns reference. Wow. <laughs> What's wrong with the smoking guns? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. Yeah, oh, Butterbean caved his head in. That's Martin Hunter, Hunter, right? Yes. Oh, God, that brawl for all was such a cluster. Um, <laughs> let, <laughs> hey, I got an idea. Let's let people really hurt one another. All right. Yeah. Let, let's go to Tony. Tony, who's hot right now? And give me some reasonings why they are hot. And what you, what's your definition of hot as well? Well, let's, let's add to it because everybody's talking about the acclaimed right now. Everybody's been talking about the acclaimed right now. No, not everyone's last. talking about the acclaimed. Tony. But everybody loves the acclaimed. Right. Well, well, listen, you, you've got to <laughs> talk about them positively to love them. Everybody's been talking about them positively since that match they had at Dynamite with uh, Swerve in Our Glory before they won the tag team titles. Right. And they're hot right now because, and you remember, in the beginning, I don't understand this rapping gimmick. I don't understand it because we've seen it before. And then it became the lyrics are way too controversial. Yes. And then the thing you say about certain people are way too controversial. Correct. And that was a turnoff. But I also think that they're personally, A, the, the ability their ability to stick to it, to believe in the character so much. Because a lot of people would have, they would have taken the negative feedback and they would have been like, okay, this isn't working. I got to trade something else. But they stuck to their guns, no pun intended. And thank you. And uh, they stuck to their guns and they believed in their character and they made it work. And also their matches in the ring wasn't bad for him either because that only helped them. And like you said, um, you have one of the best tag team wrestlers of the current generation. You have Billy Gunn with them. You don't think that he had something to do with the planning of that tag team matchup when they won the titles or even before then? Absolutely, he did. And that's veteran leadership gone right. Yes. Now... Is it everybody's cup of tea? No. Definitely it's not Buttman's cup of tea. Definitely is not. But no. but 
it had to be the right flavor for him to publicly acknowledge the acclaim. Because if it was if it wasn't his cup of tea, he would have been like, I don't care what it takes, I'm not doing it. There's something, it was something about them that he said, you know what? I don't have to like these guys, but I gotta give it up to them. The acclaimed right now, every people are, are loving the acclaimed now. And I also think personally, what's hot is I would say, because you know how social media works, 70, 30, 70, 30, 75, 25 positive feedback on social media, especially after your matches, where when people are giving you praise for the matches that you had. Because I see it with Carmelo Hayes all the time. Speaking of hot, he's hot. Carmelo Hayes, nice segue. Uh, Carmelo Hayes is somebody who, as well, young kid, good-looking shape, Started in the business at at really a good time. Had to find himself because in the independence, you get so many different characters of people, of your idea, and then you mold into something else. And Carmelo Hayes, just like the acclaimed, when when they're on TV, you see them constantly being mentioned by people on social media. Constantly. When he does, when they does great things, when they do good things, when they have good matches, you see him, and that helps too. But also, you have a relatability to the character somewhat. I have a different relatability with Carmelo Hayes than most people on this planet. But there's something about the acclaimed where the acclaimed, you know what? People are saying you. We acclaim people who are saying you suck, you suck, and this and that, and you suck. And why am I on your TV? And they kept showing up, they kept showing up, and then it slowly got better. They slowly got better. Then they made you watch them. And when they make you watch them, they're having some of the best, they're having some of the best tag matches of the year, or at least over the night, especially on a card that maybe some people didn't particularly favor. Carmelo Hayes is the same way. No, good point. Excellent point on that one. Excellent point. So we'll stick with Tony then. Who's not hot right now? Who is cooled off significantly? Who's taking an ice bath or a ice water bath right now? <laughs> well, I know that uh, uh, nice uh, ice water bath for you because I know that uh, fellow Canadian George St. Pierre is notorious for taking his ice baths. I see it on Instagram. Instagram every day. I don't know how he does it. Um, as far as who's not, or at least a who's not yet, because that can be determined two different ways. Um, somebody who I definitely think has cooled off through no fault of his own, and I'll stick to AEW on this, is Darby Allen. Oh my God! You read my mind. Uh, read my mind. Oh, thank you, thank you very much, right there. And the and it's through no <laughs> fault of his own. Correct. No fault of his own, because yes, you put him with uh, you put him with Sting, and then you put him with Forbidden Door, and he teamed up with uh, Shingo Takagi from New Japan that became Los Stingadopolis de Japón, but. St- uh, 
Darby Allen is just when we were talking earlier about the mission plan of AEW in the beginning. Darby Allen was one of those first people in that mission plan of the original plan of AEW where I've got to get, as we got a guest here, as I've got to get some of the best indie talent, the best known indie talent in the business to come in for different people for AEW. And Darby Allen was that, uh, former TNT champion, but through no fault of his own, if you notice, Notice that whenever somebody comes in from WWE to AEW, we see less and less of Darby Allen, one of AEW's originals. We see more of Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, than we do of Darby Allen these days. So, and Darby Allen should not be limited to Rampage. No offense to Rampage. Darby Allen should be on dynamite at least every other week. We need to see Darby Allen. But the more we get the people from outside WWE, we see less and less of Darby Allen. And that's not fair to him. Well, Tony, let me throw this out at you. Do you feel like, in some ways, now that AEW's had this WWE experience, if you will, they're kind of done with it now? Meaning, people coming over. I almost feel like, okay, they did it. Tony Khan did it, and now I think it's over. I don't think we're going to be bringing. We're, we're not going to be seeing, at least in my opinion, more crossing over, because I feel like in some ways we I have not. seen. And, and, and well, I'm with you on that. I, I don't want to see anybody else. And this is no offense to anyone else, but I mean, my God. Right. We need to start focusing, like you said. We need to start focusing on who the people that that got us to the dance here. And we can't keep getting confused with, you know what, in hotshot booking, right? Oh, we're going to bring this guy right. in and we're going to bring that guy in really quickly. Um, so I feel like as things cool down, I also feel like they need to do some cuts themselves. Oh, AEW. yeah. They need to trim the fat. And don't think when I say fat, I mean I'm talking people that are not good. I'm just <sighs> saying they need to whittle things down. They need AEW to basically... has had AEW has had the most bloated roster since any N sixty four wrestling <laughs> video game, and you can call it for what it is. But look how many people that they've had, and you're absolutely right. I think that they've they have underutilized a lot of people. They have also brought on a lot of people just for the fact of hey, we got them. Right. We, we, we got him. We got him from the other guys. There needs, like you said, there needs to be an identity. There needs to be a structure, but there also needs to be people in place consistently on our TV at least twice a month or three times a month. We want to see these talents. And no offense to any of them, but that's like putting Chris Jericho on dark. And he's the Ring of Honor world champion. Chris Jericho is a main event superstar, but you're going to put him on a YouTube-only show. So I definitely think that uh, there needs to be some trimming within AEW because within AEW, it's not like people who were released from AEW, it's not like they're not going to get work high-tier money out outside of it because they're going to get recognition, so why not? 
and I want to give credit where credit is due. Uh, it is the butt man who has been uh, pounding his fist, saying "bloated, bloated, bloated." It's like it's like a sperm whale that's banked up on the shores of Seattle, my friend. So that definitely is is not my statement. I am piggybacking horribly off of Mr. Butt. But you've been you've been saying this for forever and a day, and and you know I'll be I'll be the first one to say I originally didn't think so, but now. It, it, it comes to fruition. You're right about the fact that there's too many, there's too many people. And as Tony said, too many cooks in the kitchen, too many people backstage, uh, too much lip service going on. Let's, let's cut this down to the core essentials that we need and then bring people in as needed, but not do this hot shotting. You're welcome. <laughs> well, well, let's, uh, let, let's bring in somebody as well. Uh, I often refer nice, nice Perry Saturn reference, by the way. <laughs> I affectionately refer to him as my follically challenged friend, but I can't do that because Tony's here tonight, and Tony looks really good bald. So we have two yeah. good bald-looking men. Um, if I did, I would That's look right. like Uncle Fester. Um, I, don't, I don't have the balls to do it, to be honest with you. I feel like there's so many bumps and crannies and stuff like that that I think if I did that, it would look – my earphones are going out again. Just join uh, let's the get bald it. brotherhood. Just do it. I am. I am. It's great. Mm -hmm. My – Let's go ahead and let's bring him in here. Ritster, how you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm not doing too bad. Uh, how are you guys doing tonight? <clears throat> Pretty good. Engaging some uh, some uh, nice uh, wrestling talk here, and uh, it's fun, man. I'm having a great time. But all it took was for me to show up a little late, and I hear that Butt finally – he's finally on board with, with – with Yes. <laughs> In my defense, I have been drinking. Oh, oh. Blame it on the alcohol. Uh, yeah. That's how my mom said that I came about. Or my uh -huh. dad said that. He said, if your mother could handle her wine, we wouldn't be here. Um, which sounds really creepy in, in so many ways as well. I probably shouldn't have gone into that. But the point is, he's getting into the scissor me daddy ass. He's getting into that oh, as well. Too late to apologize. It's too late. Uh, <laughs> so we're playing hot or not right now and i'm getting everyone's take on who's hot and who's not so you gave me who's hot but give me who's not right now i want to get your take on that who is julia hurt julia hart not to be confused hmm. with brett or owen but she's or, or jimmy bruce. for that matter or, or bruce keith. that's right or keith yeah Stu. yeah helen hey, hey give hey. me a take on this Everything but but Helen. <laughs> oh well, I got. Huh? What is a parrot? <laughs> and now he broke his microphone. Good job, Freeland. <laughs> oh, I just did all that chicken. Okay. Tell me about you. Put himself on mute. Yeah. I did. Uh, take her down to the dungeon. Okay, I'm stopping right there because I could get really wrong. Go ahead. Tell me what's wrong with with Julia Hart. What's happening? Why? You almost said what's wrong with Stu Hart, didn't you? <laughs> I well, did. That's well, a pretty uh, short answer. He doesn't uh, have a heartbeat. That could yeah, be one. He used to he didn't have a heartbeat. I'm dead. Yes, right. <laughs> so, so, so what, what's Julia going on with Hart, Julia? Huh? Julia Hart. Nothing. What, what? That's the problem. She came in. You no, know, she had the, the the cheerleader look when she was with the varsity blondes. Mm -hmm. Whatever the hell they were called. Were you digging that? Yeah, no. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah, it. I was digging that. And you no, know, she's still young. Yes. She could 
you know, she could turn out to be, you know, pretty talented, but no, she's just gone. Well, I mean, she turned into Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and I think, uh, I think she's doing her best Melissa Joan Hart impersonation right now. But, but don't you Shout agree, though? Melissa but yes, uh, don't you think? But that she needed a change. I mean, no offense, but the Varsity Blondes, um, they need to be in, they need to be separated. I think Griff Garrison always was good, but he needs his own character. Brian Pillman Jr. I just don't get him. I don't. I don't get him. Like, I feel like in so many ways, he very much is in the shadow of his father. But Julia Hart needed something different than just being this cheerleader jumping up and down, right? So I think they wanted to give her a bigger role. But but what's she doing now? With the House of Black. What's she she doing productive now? She's wearing black and wearing black lipstick and a hat. Cool. So now she's a goth girl. Well, what was she before? She was, you know, I'm a Barbie girl. You know, that's what she was before. Yeah, yeah but why are they not giving her a chance to actually be a wrestler? As well, that's that, just a that's valet. A, that, that, a valet? A valet. <laughs> I like that. Spell it. Uh, it's <laughs> V-A-L-E-T. Valet. Right. The, the T is silent. So, okay, let's ask this question. Do we think that Julie Hart would be somebody that could succeed as a woman's wrestler? Does she yeah, look like somebody who could be chance. intimidating? Yeah, this got, is true. Got to give, give her the chance to do it before we can answer the yeah. question. This is true. Would you, okay, let me ask you this. Would you like to see her butt wrestle? Oh, I, I'm glad you finished that sentence there, Freeland. <laughs> yes, and yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to see her in the dungeon? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so she would, she, okay, we could see her wrestle. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Is she wrestling as the goth girl or is she wrestling as the cheerleader girl? I don't fancy the goth girl gimmick. Doesn't do it for me. Right. But it doesn't need to be a cheerleader girl either. I mean, it's, you know, there's lots of other things she could other characters she'd have, but give her a chance. Right. Okay. Thing. So you say she's the one who's not hot uh, as far as momentum is going. Well, yes. Momentum. We need to clarify that momentum. Yeah, let's okay. clarify that. Uh, let's go to the Ritster here, um, <laughs> a.k.a. Braun Strowman's a legitimate kid. Uh, let's take a look at this. Who's hot right now in wrestling? Who's really hot right now? I've got to go straight for John Moxley. John Moxley, there Cincinnati is, guy, yes. In my opinion, there's n- nobody that means more to a company right now than John Moxley. Wow, and big statement. He just got signed wow. to a huge extension, and he's AEW exclusive now. He brought a lot more eyes to GCW. He just wrapped up things down there, you know. Man, he's just... He's a locker room leader now. He's the champion. He is the face of AEW. And he's been there since, you know, close to the beginning. Uh, if he would if he would not be in AEW right now, I think that would, you couldn't replace him. There's nobody on that roster right now that could step up like Mox has. I respect that. So who would you say on the flip side? God, I'm losing my voice. Oh, it's too hard shit. Um, is not hot right now. Who has not got the momentum? Mm. I, I would have had to agree with Darby Allen earlier. 
But I want to try to bring someone else in. Let's let's go AJ Styles. Now, regardless of what happened last night on Monday Night Raw, that was maybe a little first pick-me-up in quite some time. But for the longest time, AJ was just floating around in tag teams, no storylines, just throw-together matches. And I'm hoping after last night's Monday Night Raw, we might finally see an upside to him and not just, okay, we're going to bring you know, the club back together, the boys are back, just to have somebody go against Judgment Day. I'm hoping there's something bigger for AJ and, you know, Gallows and Anderson. But for the longest time, I just thought AJ was just was just there and stale to kind of help uh, Amos out and, you know, just he was just there on the roster. And he has so much potential that he could be a main eventer at any point in time he wanted to. Interesting. Okay. All right. So John Moxley is your hot guy. Who is your, and eh, this person's severely cooled off right now. Who's not hot? I just said that AJ Styles. Oh, AJ Styles. That's right. Pay sorry. attention for you. Sorry. Jesus. Sorry. Hey, I got, I got a, I got a case of the Bidens right now. Sorry. Um, so here's the situation when it comes to something like that though, why do you think, why do you think that people like AJ Styles or other people will not verbally express their frustration when they're going through lulls as opposed to somebody in AEW is going through lulls, what's your take on that? What is the difference between, or is it just one, one man's professionalism? I think AJ's a built professional. He's there to do whatever it takes to get the paycheck, help the promotion, get get the next generation and the next person up ready to go. To where if somebody's not being used on AEW, um, <clears throat> Andrade, uh, we're just going to do whatever it takes to bring not only themselves down, but everybody around them down. And it's just a, 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 a bad vibe that they bring to the company. And it, it's their own doing. There's, there's two completely different ways to handle a situation. One's the right way, one's the wrong way. And... WWE people know to handle things the right way. Go to Triple H now. Stephanie, channels. You know they they know who to go talk to, and AEW, you don't know who to talk to on what day it is in the week. And mm-hmm. if you, say you talk to Tony, is he going to take you seriously, or is he going to put you to someone else to talk to? And is the situation going to get handled? You you know you don't know. Well, as far as who I think is hot right now, obviously, scissor me daddy ass. That's definitely without. You know what? Let's just do it real fast. Rit, let's get our first one out of the way. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Oh, oh, I like that. Tony, oh, is Tony getting into the trifle? Oh, scissor that ass. Right. All right. So here's what I will say. First, the first person who's hot right now. Yeah. Gotta go with it, man. Gotta go with it right now. Um, yep. He's that, so that hot match right last now. week was amazing. 
it, it and to see a potential character change or or you know just the evolution of the MJ, MJF character maybe this is another layer like an onion that we're seeing i think that is really exciting and that's very enticing we know that uh, full gear is going to be in the prudential center uh i mean hello hello Hello. I mean, I think things may happen, but things may not happen yet. He might not cash in his chip yet. Um, I just feel like, man, he is he's white hot right now. And I, I still am trying to figure out if the MJF being gone for three months was a work or a shoot. And the reason why I say that is because I don't know. It's, it's hard to say because a lot of people said he was frustrated, so he just left. But he wouldn't have said all those, you know, deflammatory inflammatory statements and the cursing and all that stuff on June the 1st. Tony, jump in here. Wrestling and everything is a work until proven not. Am I correct? You're right, but that depends on who the individual is. And I think that MJF being a fairly private person, you're not going to get those answers maybe ever yeah i think i think if it's personal to him and the reason to share the reason of the people with the people that he's close to but other than that to share it with the outside public and and the world i don't think we're ever going to know frankly I don't care to know because it's not my business. His reasons are his own. Right. But sure. I think that uh, as far as the industry goes, we may never know. And that's okay. I think that's okay. <laughs> There's something else I want to get everyone's take on just because I think it's it's worth thinking of. It's a conspiracy theory, but I want you to think about it. Uh, the person who I think is not hot right now. I was going to say Darby Allen as well, because, I mean, he's an original. He's been somebody that's been there from the beginning. He was white hot. Kids were painting their faces just like him. The thing that gets me about Darby is there has to be to some level a screw loose. I mean, all these wild things he does. Is he just a thrill seeker? Is he just one of these guys who just likes to? I mean, he fell off a 92-foot waterfall. It fell, as they say. I No. <laughs> I think he gladly threw his body off a 92-foot um, waterfall. But, uh, yeah, I think it's Darby. I mean, I feel like we haven't seen a whole heck of a lot of him. Um, uh, you know, maybe on a lesser level. What about Miro? My God, how long yeah, has where he been? Yeah, where the hell is he at? We yeah, haven't seen him in gone. forever. And then uh, Lance Archer. Haven't seen him in um, forever. Yeah. Getting it's more just, exposure in New Japan than he is in AEW. He is. Um, one one other thing I want to throw out here, because I'm really curious, and I don't know much about this person. This Parker Bordeaux. Am I saying it right? Bordeaux? Bordeaux? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like he could be a beast. I feel like he could be really good. Um, I don't know much about him. Tony, do you have any interactions Uh I haven't had any interactions with him. Obviously, you know, you know of him. Big kid, big strapping young kid. You know, he may, you know, probably was in the WWE system for a little bit, but he just needs an opportunity. Probably yeah. 
if AEW can maybe scoop him up, probably put him on dark for a little bit before moving him up. I don't think that you're gonna you're just gonna throw a kid right out to Rampage or throw him right out to Dynamite because people may not know who he is. But I, I think if you you put him on dark and get him a chance to get him some ring time, that would do him a lot of good. Because there's a whole bunch of talent on dark that he could, you know, make quick work of, and maybe you can tell a story with this kid. I agree. I agree. Uh, any of you guys have some comments on Parker? Um, I don't get the click he's in right now. The guy with the hat on backwards, he looks like he weighs a buck ten. Um, I don't get that skinny kid. And I also don't get, and, and this is not me, I don't get the appeal of Sonny Kissed. What is the appeal? Like, what is what is it? Like, is is? I just, I'm confused. It's Sonny's been teamed up with Joey Janela. Now, now Sonny's with this group. Sonny was on uh, an individual single. So, but w- is there an appeal there? Like, do you almost feel like certain people get put in different factions or different groups and you feel like this just doesn't fit? This just doesn't work. Um, I, I just don't understand the as- the assemblance of that, that group itself. The skinny kid, I don't know what the hell he is. A mouthpiece. Parker's the big brute. I don't know. Who's the skinny kid? I'm going to look this up. Who is this skinny kid? Did they bring back Marco Stunt? Did I miss that or what? No. Hold on. I'm going to Google this. But, but, uh, do you know, do you know the skinny guy? Falling off of Tony with Parker. Like, I agree with Tony 100%. If they would bring him into Dark, let him learn, let him develop, you know, just get some reps, get some wrestling matches under his belt, you know, repetition. I think he would be great on the main roster. You know, another big brute. You have, you already have Wardlow up there. Uh, you've got Powerhouse Hobbs. Love Powerhouse Hobbs. Man. Really like him. Sit there and you would sit there and have Parker up there too. That those are three big powerful men. You know that you could easily work with. You know they also got Brian Cage up in the main roster. Keith Lee. Keith Lee, like he had he if you want to learn how how to be a, a big man in the business, man, you got Samoa Joe, Keith Lee, Lance Archer, you got a lot of people he can learn from. Yep. It's not a bad crew. I'm trying to look up this kid. Who is he? Wasn't he supposed to be the next Brock Lesnar? This Parker Bordeaux kid? That's who they wasn't, were talking wasn't about. Wasn't that the big thing? When he yeah, over in, yeah, in NX, NXT, am I right? Something yeah. like that, yeah. And it just it seems like nothing ever really happened. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't seem like a whole lot happened with him. And I don't really understand why, because it seems like he's got a great body. He definitely can wrestle. I, I just don't understand where things didn't work out for him. Wrong place, wrong time, possibly. I guess so. Yeah, because he was part of the he was part of the budget cuts, wasn't he? That's a good question. I don't know if he was part of the budget cuts or he was just quietly released. But how much he was in NXT? How much of the budget could he be taken out? Was he? Was he? Wait a minute. Was he at one point dating my girl uh, with the pink hair in WWE? <laughs> Wait a second. Eve Marie, oh, right? 
Holy crap. Was he really dating her at one point? Oh, my I, God. I don't know, Freeland. I don't Oh, watch, uh, oh. Freeland. No total divas, so I the, don't know. The love connection's on at 12 o'clock, not 8 o'clock. Wow. Yeah. That's it. That he's pretty, she's pretty hot. All right, we'll move on from it. Um, we're talking wrestling right now. We are being joined right now by senior referee official, uh, referee Tony. We said we were going to get into a little bit more about you, and I want to do that right now. So uh, kind of tell us a little bit about how you got into uh, just being a fan of wrestling, first and foremost. When were you first exposed to it? Is my mic muted? Uh, excuse me, I'm Ellie. Is um, <laughs> well, no, you're. I think it's on a slight delay. Opposed to uh, my internet. Hold on a second. Hold on. We're having we're having some. We got some problems in the truck. Hold on. No, you're supposed to who uh, Parker Bordeaux's uh, manager was. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was I'm looking for the skinny life. kid and um, then I came and then I came up to Eve Marie and I went, <laughs> Holy hell, forget the skinny kid. Holy sweet mother of God. All there right, sorry. Go. Continue. The same thing. Yeah, I I do the same thing. <laughs> uh, so I first became a fan in ninety three. Um I never watched wrestling before then, never knew about it. And then just one day, I went to the convenience store and just saw a WWF magazine with Hulk Hogan on the cover. And I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> and I picked I picked up the magazine. And, you know, from then, I mean, I wasn't a Hulkamaniac growing up, obviously. But right. I saw it. And, you know, from there, it was, okay, like, there's actually, like, fucking real-life superheroes going on. Okay. And from there, it was all right. I'm going to go to all the events in my city, and you know, if there's a if there's a television, I'm going to go, and if there's a pay per view, I'm going to go, and um, you know, just you know, you watch every Monday. You you, you try to watch the more, the more older you get, the more wrestling you try to watch, and uh, try to figure, okay, is this the only one, or is there more? But yeah, started in started in '93. And went to everything uh, in the area. Went to uh, went to WCW. Went to some nitros. Went to some raws and some pay per views. And you know, just loved it. And go to school the next day and talk to your friends. You know, some of your friends would like wrestling. Maybe even went. And that's how it is. Just started as. Just some oblivious kid walking in a convenience store, seeing a Hogan magazine, and that was it. And uh, from there it was. From there, from there it was. Uh, yeah, you're in it, buddy. I was like, all right. So, when did you decide that you wanted to be a part of the industry? Was that something that came years later, or was it something that even early on you kind of knew? Well, if I had a chance, I'd like to be a part of something like this. I had no idea. Um, I had no idea that there was even an avenue to get in it. You know, it's, um, you know, people were, you know, some of my friends were talking about, it, like, oh, yeah, it would be great if you could. And I'm like, yeah, okay. You know, like, you're, 
you have things in your life that you want to do and you know there's college and stuff like that but i didn't have any kind of aspirations of being into the business um until um i didn't know that there was a such thing as uh, independent wrestling because all i'd known was just uh wwe and ecw and tna and all the major ones and there was an independent wrestling event in my town and and i'll be honest at the at the time i think for actually for years because i've been just doing it off and on just because i didn't care um i would go to school and i would just you know be in some makeshift referee gimmick i did not care at the time this is like 2000 and you know i'd referee a couple of things here and there um you know just some just some thing just because hey you're, you're the ref you know just have fun but i didn't have any aspirations until uh 2004 I just went to an independent show in my town and you know saw how it was run and you know there'd be some stars there and i saw the referee in the ring and i was like this guy sucks <laughs> So I could do better than him. I could do so much better than him. And I talked with one of the people uh, from the show, and we struck up a, a friendship. And he had a ring in his backyard because at the time he couldn't have, um, he had aspirations of getting it into a legitimate building. He wanted to open a school, but at the time he just had this ring set up in his backyard. So uh, he and I met up. And, you know, we started training there and then he opened up a school and we brought kids in. And, you know, after then it was, you know, it was a, a done deal. <laughs> you start, uh, then, uh, then there's, you know, I just wanted a referee. I didn't think that there was a possibility of being on actual shows or anything. I didn't know that there was an avenue even for that, <laughs> but, uh, a lot of ways you can get proven wrong in this business. So, <laughs> so you start you start refereeing, and obviously you start traveling around, getting to know different people, different promotions. Um, how old are you right now? I am thirty six. Thirty six, young man, yeah. young. I don't even remember thirty six. Um, I'm still trying so, to remember yesterday. It's okay. <laughs> what would you say is your is your highlight or something that you know? up to this point in your career right now, like, wow, that was a really great moment. Do you have a couple of them or do you have one in particular that you look back on and you say, man, that was really great to be a part of that. So yeah, there's, you're kind of conditioned, at least in the beginning, just kind of go, go, go. Um, Cause obviously you don't want to mark out. Um, but I've learned to appreciate a lot of those moments. Uh, just, you know, being in the ring, um, and you, you never thought that it was a possibility that uh, you would be able to referee people that maybe a year or two ago you just saw on TV, you just saw in the arena. And um, those are those those kind of moments that you kind of live back on. And like, um, for example, one of the big, the early ones in my career, uh, I'm two and a half years in and I'm working with Christian Cage, and I'm like, I have no business being in a room with Christian Cage. <laughs> I was like, 
like he's you know at the time he was still contracted to TNA and you know but I was you know I'm still a fan thank uh, we would go when we met in high school I was Edge and he was Christian and he would always tell me he's like I will never talk to you again if somehow some way you got to be in the wrestling business and referee a match with a real Christian Cage. And then it happens. Now, thankfully, we still talk um, every day. <laughs> but that was a big one. Um, that was a big one for, for me. Um, and uh, Christian was just one of them um, that I, I look, I'm fondly reminded of. Uh, such a cool moment. Um, working with Samoa Joe was another one. Um, working with uh, Brian Danielson was another one. Um, having an opportunity to referee for Ring of Honor um, in the original incarnation, that was one of them. Um, working for Progress, um, that was one of them as well. Uh, just being able to referee these cool things. One of the things in, in the wrestling business, I think you can attest to it doing a podcast uh, with uh, Jerry Lynn, which, by the way, working with Jerry Lynn, real fucking highlight because I love Jerry Lynn. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I work, yes, he, I, I love Jerry. I, I worked with him uh, twice during a week, week and early on in my career. And he was so, he was so awesome uh, to me. And one of the things you learn in the wrestling business is, you know, you some because it moved fast at the time to appreciate some of the moments that you have, just a habit, just on my own, it just kind of enjoy uh, the moments that I have uh, with the business and, you know, what I'm working with uh, uh, talent from, you know, back then, like I talked about, you know, Carmelo Hayes and uh, you know, Carmelo Hayes earlier. And, you know, I got to uh, work with him very, very early uh, in his career. Um, up until probably before he got signed, just to see the progression of his character and, and his uh, persona. Also, you know, being in car rides together, because you never know, you, you know, you could be on a show with uh, Smash of Demolition or Killer Kowalski, and next thing you know, you're in a car ride with them because you got to go to the next show. Um, and then uh, doing uh, an NWA title match last year. Uh, wow. That was something that I, I just had just a, a set small goals. And I said, you know, I just want to do a, a world championship of some kind, as long as it's recognized legitimately. <laughs> and last year uh, was uh, Aldis Murdoch. So yeah, Nick Aldis, Trevor Murdoch, uh, the second match in the series in Charlotte. So I got to do that. But um, yeah, just so many, and you know the Tommaso Champas and the Hansons, and working with Taven and Bennett, and so you really get to, you know, I, I kind of take every moment as that one because there's so many people that you know you share the ring with, and you know they want to, they want you to be involved in it, and you know I just kind of take the next, the the first one as the next one, and you know I'm going to keep doing it until uh, it's not fun for me anymore and i don't see that happening anytime soon so 
That's tremendous, though. I mean, how much success you've had, you know, and, and you've been at it for 17 years. You put your time in. Are there any other referees that you've interacted with that have been really, really cool or have been really influential who have, you know, taken some time to maybe have a, a cold Coca-Cola and, and chat with <laughs> you about some things or? Hey, I don't mind a Coca-Cola or a Pepsi or a beer. Uh, one of the things I learned, at least just with me, I love going to conventions because conventions, that's where you, that's where you network and you get to, uh, you get to meet people and work with people, especially who you're in your profession. Um, for me, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a referee. So I gotta be with the, I gotta hang with the old, with uh, the old school refs. So, you know, I gotta, I always give uh, Danny Davis hell just for <laughs> just for talking to him. Like uh, I was, we were at a convention uh, last year, and I would just kind of joke with him, and he knows. And I'm just like, oh, come on! I'm like, damn it, Danny Davis, you're here again. He's like, oh shit, you know. <laughs> and then we, you know, <laughs> he's got hair longer than me, but uh, yeah, just being with him, you know, asking him, you know, how are you, and stuff like that. Uh, Jimmy Corderas is another one. Uh, I love talking with him. Uh, uh, Billy, I talk with uh, Billy Silverman, and uh, there's you know some of the old school referees, and um, I talked with uh, Earl Hebner for a bit. But I'm just you know I just have so much uh, admiration, I guess, for uh, all the other referees who were there because they are where you want to be, and. Right. You know, even, you know, some of the current WWE referees, you know, Jason Ayers or Jessica Carr or, you know, or even, you know, Brandon Toll from Impact or even from New Japan, like a Jeremy Marcus or a Nick Bonanno, things like that. So, you know, there's just, and even some referees, you know, just around the country, or even in my own area. And, you know, I'm pretty humble, mostly. And uh, I'm not... I'm so not used to people asking me for advice. I like to ask people, you know, for advice as far as my, you know, my refereeing and things like that. But I guess I'm at an age in my career where I listen, have you seen my match and things like that? And I'll kind of, you know, I'll give them uh, the, the, you know, the one, two, two, and kind of get, let them know what's going on. But yeah, just, I like talking to the old school referees and the old school wrestlers and getting to work with uh, some, you know, ECW guys and some, WWE guys and, and, and WWE guys and just people who put in their time and equity and sweat in the business and uh, you know they you know try to recognize them and give them appreciation whenever they can. And that that to me is the most important thing. Like I, as long as I'm in this business, I want to try to at least positively positively help somebody and leave uh, an impact. And you know I. You know, I'm blessed to have had the success, I guess is what you want to call it. Uh, I'm just, I'm blessed to, to have it. And, uh, you know, I'll keep, uh, I'll keep plugging away and chugging at it. And, and I'll say right now, um, I'll say right now, if I don't get to WWE, I'm okay with it because I've already done that. So <laughs> I don't, I don't need to, uh, I, if I, you know, I've had, you know, uh, WWE tryout before, so I knew that I, I. I'll be honest, I wasn't ready for it. But 
that experience was so helpful because it helped me get to where I'm at now. So, and I never thought I'd, you know, even be staying in a ring or whatever. So, um, you know, I, I got there, tried or not. I got there. I have my paycheck. Uh, photocopied it because I'm a nerd like that. Uh, so no, I'd do it. <laughs> so, so I mean, hey, it has my it has my name on it, and it was like three months before this the logo changed because it still had the scratch logos on it. Oh, <laughs> so, now that is badass yeah. right there. Yeah, it's uh, it was like it was like three weeks before WrestleMania thirty. That's when it was. So. You know that to me, I I already won that race, that that race right there. So you know, just for me, I just want to you know help the next generation uh, get to. It's in a little way, just kind of help them out, just kind of let them know like what the deal is, and just be honest and real with them. And you know, it's a journey, and you have to enjoy the journey and enjoy the memories that come with it. Um, does it last forever? No, but. Uh, they are yours when you get them. So you make the most of it and, and cherish it and enjoy it. And that's what I try to do. I'm uh, I'm infinitely blessed on that. Gosh, I'll tell you what. Way too much maturity and seriousness on this program. I love it. I <laughs> love it. Um, I'm just I'm just being honest. It's you know, I no. you know, it, it it's it's just it's being honest and, and just being grateful because I didn't, you know, whether it's podcasting or, or being a wrestler uh, or anything like that, um, you know, or just meeting people, you know, like, like one day I'm just at a convention, we had a show. And then next thing you know, like I'm at a convention, I'm helping out and I'm talking to Matt Stryker on my right. And I'm talking to Joey Styles on my left. <laughs> I'm just like, what the hell is this? Wow. Like, like is this like is this a dream? And you know, Joey Styles is you know, he he's like he's like a ECW you know poster, and somebody wanted to buy it, and I was like, I was like, I was like, I got it. He's like, Are you sure? And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, dude, you're Joey freaking Styles, like you're one of the best freaking announcers in the history of the business. I'm like, that's what you want. That's what you. That's what you get. It. It's just my token of appreciation. Oh, you know, and it just it it's just showing gratitude. And and respect to the people that, because you know, ultimately, whether you're doing podcasting or you're in the business, you were influenced by somebody to make the stride to, to get there. So, uh, I just try to be, uh, I just try to be upfront with it as as much as I can. Just try to be uh, respectful as as I can because hey, we. You know, we we go around this thing called life uh, once, maybe twice, uh, depending on how lucky you are. So <laughs> I just uh, wrestling's been, you know, sorry, Sammy. So so wrestling's been very good uh, to me. So I take that as a, as a victory. So I love it. Love it. Love the passion. Um on this show, uh, since you're in the business, you, you may do this. You may not. It depends on your situation. Mm -hmm. uh, the Ritster. Let's let's bring him back in here. Rit, Rit collects a lot of merchandise, a lot of merchandise, and one may say he, uh, I, I would call you an aficionado. I think I would be fair to say. Okay. 
do you collect anything wrestling related? He collects a lot of figs. He's a fig guy. What about you? So it's kind of weird in the beginning. So I've actually never gotten rid of anything that I obtained as from a kid. I've never gotten rid of it. Um, I still have my Coliseum videotapes. I still have, I still have my, my DVDs. I still have my videotapes. I still have my, my WWF magazines. I still have those. Um, I was big into, um, about 10 years ago, I was really big into trying to get all uh, of the entrance music that I possibly could. Because when you buy all the WWF albums, you want more. So, so I was trying to bot, trying to get all the entrance music. Um, and then this, I have something right here. I've never used this. So this is, if you can get a shot of this. Oh, so, coffee so so this I got uh, at the WCW NWO Slamboree 1998 pay-per-view. Wow. And I've never used it, and I'm not going to. <laughs> um, so I have that. Now it's just uh, I love old school wrestling now. It's uh, trying because with WWE Network and uh, and uh, Peacock, uh, what really gets me is the dubbing of entrance music. Oh, that sucks! I hate that. So I have been just trying to find uh, whatever old school wrestling that I can get without music that's uh, dubbed, um, and I'm just trying to uh, get as much of that as I can. So that's today, and that'll probably be until the end of time. But as far as anything wrestling related, I've never gotten rid of it. I've, you know, when I'm when I'm a referee, I try to get as much match card as possible uh, that I was in. I try to get whatever I was in. Um, all the old video games that I had when I was a kid, uh, I still have those. Never got rid of those. But uh, as far as merchandise, I don't really have a lot of merchandise as far as T-shirts, sneakers, uh, T-shirts or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, like right now for me, just old school wrestling on video. Get me some prime times. Get me some old pay-per-views. Get me some ECW. Get me just get me just a lot of stuff that can fill out my library just so I can be happy with it. I like <laughs> so. it. I like it. A humble man with uh, humble interest. Just, you know what? Just give me the basics. Let's keep it simple. That's let's, it. Let's be a historian so we can appreciate what, what happened in the past. And I Exactly. Like yes. Uh, Ritster, uh, any new developments on any new figures? Uh, just to let you know, Tony, that uh, the Rit has every figure that AEW has ever produced. And uh, Oh, come on, Freeland. Not oh, don't <laughs> give me that horse shit. You have spent more money on figures than most people spend on putting their kid through college. So That's a lot what, in this country. It, oh, yeah, that's true. So who do you have your eyes set on right now? Uh, let's see here. 
that will be delivered tomorrow. Oh god. Uh the CM <laughs> the the CM Punk debut ice cream bar. Oh, is it called the locker room brawl figure? No, Does no, it no. Come with a dog. That's, that's unreleased. Steel biting. That, oh, that's unreleased. That's unreleased. And and it's and it's a, that's in like a ten pack. The oh. Young Bucks, Kenny are in it. Yes. Uh, it, was, it, has, it has Tony. I was Khan gonna say with that stupid was, look on his face. Uh, <laughs> I was. I was gonna say like, when go. uh, when Mattel came out with the new generation figures, and they came out with a new generation neon set. And the ring and everything. I thought that they would have capitalized and just had the entire locker room area <laughs> and would have just had uh, <laughs> Punk and A Steel in one locker room and everybody else. And then maybe you have, you know, Pat Buck and Christopher Daniels in the hallway somewhere. Just come out with a whole bunch of them like that. <laughs> Rit, pull up a picture and put it on the screen of, uh, of A Steel. This dude, holy <laughs> shit. I mean, I've Did seen you get people, an unreleased Tony Khan figure. I don't think uh, Ritster Ritster has. Okay. Listen to how crazy this is. He knows a guy who works at Walmart who has, who had Rit has the schedule uh, of when the trucks come in. <laughs> it's insane. He knocked a woman down to get uh, <laughs> one of the gold sticker figures, the, the chase. He, he looked at her and she was like, she had her five-year-old right there and they were about to reach up and Rit, Rit was like, ah! And they looked over at him and then he quickly dove for the figure. Philly, uh, you got the story wrong. It was a nun with two orphans that he pushed out of the way. I apologize. Oh, You're absolutely right. Get it right. Yeah. Man's dedicated. <laughs> oh, oh! Just let's look, look at this. Look at this. Look at this guy. He looks a bit psycho there. Does he no, not look like it. he is someone who would bite someone? And the answer to that is yes. <laughs> get get the AEW picture where he's like, he's just like, like he's got this weird look on him. Get the <laughs> AEW one. Does everybody saw like too hard this, that picture. This here is him and uh, CM Punk. No, uh, no, get that, him the. They're back into the corner. With the young bucks and Kenny coming at him, getting ready. Oh, to that's right. The, door the, the door's been broke down. The dog's going crazy. A Steel's wife, she's okay. Oh, first goodness. of all, My that's goodness. not a little fucking weird. That's okay. got to be photoshopped. There's no, no it's not. No, it's oh, not. His parents should have never had children. Um, I hate to say that, but my God, he's going to have a documentary on Netflix. I can see it now. Oh my! It's got no climacy if I ever saw it. That's him and CM Punk on vacation uh, while the investigation's going on that has now stalled. Oh my God! Get type in his name AEW. You have to see this creepy ass picture of him in AEW. It's oh, where is it? I'm gonna see if I can find it too. It's not on the site. I can tell you. My that. name is A Steel, and I want you. <laughs> Let's see here. I'm Google. I I've googled that here as well. It's got because it's got a really weird. Look oh yeah. Oh, I know which one. Yeah, type in a steel AEW, but it has to be on Google. I oh, I, I I see it. There's a unique is it, is it the photo one. right next. I'm looking at it right now. Okay. How do so we go get to images? Okay, go to Google Images, and I put uh, uh, a third steel one AEW. down. <laughs> to, to the, one. No, no, to the right. 
No, you just passed it. Yes. Right there. There you go. Okay, folks. Look look at that. <laughs> what Jesus. The fuck, what the fuck is this? Seriously. That that is America. Look at it. Wow. What what yeah. is that? <laughs> I've never America. Never seen- <laughs> that is jacked. Look at the eyes. He does look like someone who would bite someone. Like seriously, you hear a fight breaks out, and all of a sudden, oh, what would A Steel do? Did he throw a left cross or a right? Uh, whatever. No, he went dumber on him. Oh my god, that's a good looking clavicle you got there. It's fucked up. Like, that's all I can say. <laughs> Clavicle. That's all I can say. That's Was really I sharing my screen? Picture on the, no. On that Google search. So we don't even. That was insane. That was insane. Yeah, so it was your. The, inve- it, it, the, inve- the investigation is is stalled. We have no idea what's going to be happening because legal stuff. But let me ask you this question. And seriously, think about this. Montreal screw job. Work or shoot? What camp are you one hundred percent in? I'm in camp work. I am in camp work because they couldn't get the deal he wanted. He wanted him to go back to Eric, negotiate the deal. They had to take the 20-year deal off the table, all that kind of stuff. Why not give him a big push, a big send-off on his way out? They created the Mr. McMahon character as well. They accomplished a lot with that. I think it's a work. But what do you think, work or shoot? Shoot. It's a shoot. You think it's a shoot? Yep. Ritster, what do you think, buddy? I always thought it was a shoot up until the Scott Hall interview. Scott Hall said it was a work all the way. Scott Hall, what, what do you say, Tony? I mean, you've been in the ring, dude. Come on now. Man, see, I always thought it was I always thought it was a shoot until it's always a shoot until you decide to make money off of it. Right. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that there are part of it that, that is a work. I mean, why would you, but then again, why would you have Bret Hart sitting next to Shawn Michaels doing an entire career retrospective that leads into the Montreal screw job and then make a DVD set out of it to promote it? So, telling but, you, uh, you know, I mean, but it's been what, it'll be 25 years next month. So, you know, they're probably going to do something about that. <laughs> just oh, like they, they, just... D- just had, they had DX25, they'll have Montreal 25 somewhere. The, the DX25 was just kind of goofy, in my opinion. They were they were parodying themselves in a way. You yeah, know what I, mean? I mean, but what else would you expect? Yeah, this is true. You know, you know, I mean, you know, you had, you know, you had trips there with his, you know, little Vince cheaters on and all that. So, but I, 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 I think now. Because there's, I mean, Brett has had a consistent story. You know, Sean has had one story, and then you know, I mean, the way I look at it, one at a time, two at a time, two with toys. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Then you sit back and watch. I mean, if Vince can say Brett screwed Brett, then you can look in the mirror and know that. So, oh, that's good. So. 
the way I look at it is, uh, I think it's more, wor- I think it's more work than shoot at this point. At I this agree. point, if it, w- if it was 1997, 1998, and no social media, it would be MJ. It would be like more work than ever before. But inconsistent well, like, stories, you make money off of it, and we're always going to talk about it. And we're doing wrestling finish. They've done several wrestling finishes and matches that have parodied the Montreal yes. screw job. So mm-hmm. if we hear uh, who sang the song, uh, is it the Baja man who let the dogs out? And then all of a sudden we see CM Punk come out on Dynamite. Oh dear God. Here's a better here's a he, better he has, question. I say he has ace the on a leash on all fours. Bring that picture back up. Bring that picture up. <laughs> Give me that. No. Give me that daddy writ. Give me that daddy writ. Here's a better question. Well, knowing that uh Tony Khan has uh Paid the money to get Lionheart, Chris Jericho, his music, and everybody else. Would he pony up the money to get Baja Men to actually be there live to sing the song? That would be awesome. You could probably <laughs> get it for five hundred bucks. They haven't done nothing in twenty five years. Esther, well, um, cult of personality's been hanging around because of of Punk. I mean, they, they did a lot because of him. They put three more grandkids through college. Yeah, at Harvard. At Harvard. Let me see if I can do this again. We got to get this going here. Let's get this going. <laughs> uh, here, here comes another ad. Guaranteed. Stop it. Here we go. Oh, man. Hey, everybody. I'm hungry. Where's catering? I God. Go for a little meat right now. Do we think anything's ever really going to come of that? Um, from like, honestly, a, a, a rabies shot, maybe. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah tetanus or something. Yeah, but Freaking from a fist fight, is I've it going to turn into anything? I've never seen anybody try so hard to smile in my entire life. I don't think anything's going to come of it. To be honest with you, I don't, I don't think, think so either. And first of all, why are we making this such a big friggin' deal? Backstage fights, Tony. I mean, without naming names, fisticuffs have broken out before. Yep. So why why is this such a big damn deal? Like seriously, oh, you know why it is. <laughs> it's, it's it's AEW, and you know, you, at, at, it's the it's that that veil that they've they've had over the last couple of years because nothing happens in AEW. We we're all cool and shit. No, it's it's the wrestling business. You have combustible personalities. It's yeah. always the wrestling business. You got people who. Do, who like people for the strangest reasons and dislike people for the most for the most incomprehensible reasons known to man. So, and plus, it's high profile. Ken, you know, Kenny Omega, high profile. Young Bucks, high profile. Charles Montgomery Punk, high profile. So, if you're gonna put high profile names in that kind of locker room and they're gonna go at it, you know. But I mean, it hey, happens it, in all. It sports. happens. Yeah, yeah, it does. It's not just wrestling, right? Uh, Draymond Green just it, told me to exactly out of a guy a couple days ago. He, he rifle punched Jordan Poole. All I'm going like, to say is, how is Jordan Poole not dead? Did you <laughs> see that punch? I, I saw Man. that. That would knock my dick stiff. Like seriously, I will <laughs> never get up again. You know, close, you know how close he's going to have to do to hit you there. Oh, I would, I would, I would be behaving. Did you, did you like see Helen that wingspan, Keller. though? 
Oh my god. Oh, hold on. Yeah, he's seven dude. foot tall. He's a monster. He's a pro Bro, athlete. Stuff like that happens Bro. in locker rooms all the time. Not just on professional levels. Personal space. It happens in high school. It happens in everything. Ask Brody. It happens in the shower. Hey, Freeland. Uh, I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm not. I'm just saying it happens everywhere. Right? That's there was an issue and cold. it happened in the show. No, no, no. I'm not saying I'm glad it happened. I'm saying personal these issues. Happen. Personal, personal issues, issues happen, happen everywhere. Yes. 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 In Puerto Rico. <laughs> For the Quinones. Just saying. They talked they talked about personal issues on that uh, the new Vice show, Tales from the Territories. They talked all about that. I would love to see that. I haven't seen that I yet. Is it seen pretty good? That. I've I've I saw the whole episode. It's the first one's on Memphis. It's pretty good. Nice. Do you like um what's their other one? Dark Side of the Ring? Yeah. Yeah, I like I like Dark Side too, but I do like the new format of of Tales. Nice. This this one's all about uh Memphis. I'm not going to spoil it, but it's cuz it's uh it's a round it's round table. So this episode it's uh Jeff Jarrett, Jerry Jarrett, Jimmy Hart, Jerry Lawler. And Dutch Mantel. Nice. Wow. Damn. That, that AEW should just hire those five to sit there and be their board. Well, that, Lawler has a legends contract with WWE, so I don't think that's going to happen. No, and he, he just recently, I guess, re-upped it. I don't know what he does with the company, to be honest. Whatever he wants. Damn right. And yells puppies. He still he still wrestles on some independent shows too. Dude had a heart attack on national TV. A heart attack, and yeah. he stills wrestling. Oh, I don't get it. Rick Flair. Oh God, we're God. gonna do a we're gonna do a fucking watch along of this last oh, Rick Flair match. It is literally. I watched it live. My wife sat there with me. We thought something was going to happen. We thought we were going to have wrestling history. The first match that ends in the well, not first match because they've happened before, but that Rick was going to do that face plant, and then that's literally it. Done. He faked a heart know, attack. There was an NHL goalie had a heart attack in between periods and came back and finished the game. God, I know I can't do that. Damn, Freeland had a heart attack in between podcasts and came back. I he was supposed to Tommy Young. Too much of the Polish sausage. Too much of the sausage. Tommy, oh my God! Tommy Young was uh, contacted to be in that match. Oh, there was a ton of people who got contact. Everyone and, uh, was like, he, "No, I don't want to be a um, an accessory to murder." A liability. Yeah, absolutely. Oh no, he no, he his his was completely different. He didn't he didn't have uh he he didn't have confidence that he could pull off a, a match like that. And he couldn't. So he he declined. Nope. Oh, nope. Who, who is this? But somehow Rick Tommy Young. Oh, Tommy Young. Yes, okay. Yeah. Yeah, but he but he couldn't do it. Cuz he didn't cuz he has bad knees and so he he couldn't do a match like that uh, of that structure anymore he didn't have confidence that he could do it which i don't blame him for because but uh somehow ricky morton got him to do uh his match at the same event so how does that happen oh uh, you know ricky 
Ricky Morton can be very persuasive. Because <laughs> Tommy wasn't going to do it. <laughs> has, has there any uh, leaks been out there of, of uh, who's going to be in Steamboat's last match, a tag team match? Or the six-man? Or... Isn't FTR involved? It's, I, think I think it was FTR and Steamboat. No, no. I thought it was a six-man. I thought it was the Rock and Roll Express and Steamboat taking on FTR and a mystery person. Hold on. We have Google. That's for, that's for big-time wrestling, I think. Big-time wrestling. Maybe they're bringing Ricky's young fellow back for retirement. Oh, the, the, Flair tweeted, maybe I... Oh, this is Steamboat's last match. Maybe I've got another last match. Yeah, I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have told people this was my last. Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> Tomorrow could be your last Wednesday. Like, let's 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 fucking call a spade a spade here, dude. Jesus. Oh, here dude. it is. I've Who's got in it. The match. All right. So this is this is November. Yep. So I was right. So it's uh, Sunday, November twenty seventh, from the Dorton Arena in Raleigh. So the only match that it, that Big Time has advertised is Rock and Roll Express versus the Briscoe Brothers, and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and FTR in a six-man tag team matchup against uh, Brock Anderson. Well, that's a, that's a ticket seller. Jay Lethal as Black Machismo, and that's exactly what it says. And a mystery partner. <laughs> oh man, I, I I think my match would have been better than that, but okay. Brock Anderson. Yeah. Bro- okay, pick a Orange young fella. Get no, Brock I, I, I Anderson. Get a picture of Brock Anderson up on the screen. Let's look at this kid. Sorry, drink of water with a creepy haircut. Get him up here, Rit. Oh my God. What's the last time you looked in the mirror, Freeland? Hey. <laughs> Hey, I'm a good looking some bitch, okay? I'm a good Brock Anderson. I'm definitely better looking than Brock Anderson. Oh boy. Wait, you see this first picture coming up. This is bullshit. And roll him. Oh, oh, I'm not allowed within hey. 500 yards of a school <laughs> or a Dairy Queen. <laughs> He's over there looking. He's those. Holy crap, did Ace Steel just bite him? Oh my gosh! <laughs> Hold on. There we go. There, yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- there's Tony Schiavone. Wait. Oh crap! We gotta go to a commercial break. Look <laughs> at him. We we don't have to, 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 to Tony Schiavone. How much time do we have left in this segment? We've got to go. Time is running out. <laughs> we we got to see you next week. <laughs> is Mike Tanay still around? Where's the professor at? There. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Oh, look at that. Him hanging out with Daddy. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Arn is just going to inside for all these matches. You should do a, you should do a Oh, my God. There you go. B.A. The only B.A. I know is Brad Armstrong. Fair. That's fair. <laughs> Shave those armpits. You should do a a watch along of the Nitro. Hold on. That's a match right there. Hold on. Cody Rhodes and Brock Anderson against QT Marshall and Aaron Solo Cup. Like what? Is that the free-for-all for for In Your House? I'm Todd (laughs) Pettengill. Brock Anderson looks like he should sell insurance. That picture should have never happened right there. (laughs) Brock from State Farm? (laughs) 
<laughs> what are you wearing? That right Brock there is State Farm. Yeah, that should be a picture uh, for Twenty Three and Me right there. Is that really your daddy? Who's oh, your daddy? Oh, that's that's oh. a good one right there. Oh my god, <laughs> sweaty been... gynoclimastia right there. In that says, it's that photo says biscuits and gravy written. All over. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 look at Arn. He's like, wait, you're my son. Oh my god. <laughs> You guys are vicious tonight. Tony Schiavone. No, no, come on. I, I'm hashtag ring rats. I, how, am I, how am I being vicious? You tell me. You tell me the picture that was just that I just commented on of Brock Anderson saying of, of biscuits and gravy. You tell me that that didn't look like Festus. <laughs> <laughs> come on oh, now. Man. Thank you, Phil. Thank you very much. How does CM Punk just walk into this? See, Phil got it. No, no. Tony just dropped a pipe bomb there. I did not drop a pipe bomb. If we, if it was a picture side by side, you you wouldn't tell me that wouldn't have looked like. Pull more Brock Anderson up. I got to see more of this goofy bastard. All right, let's look at this guy. Oh, my God. He's oh, got. Oh, there's, oh, there's B Rock Lesnar. <laughs> B Rock. B Rock Lesnar. He's got yeah. those. He got those big old nippies, man. <laughs> wow. Brock Anderson's got some nippage going on right there. He definitely. Some nippage. Nippage. There's Parker Bo- Bordeaux. Bordeaux. That's right. With his manager, the most beautiful woman in the world of wrestling. Gosh, she was something else. Yeah, the, the I don't give a shit. You kidding me? I tell you what. <laughs> well, this show's gone off the rails. Yeah, well, that's that's what that's, that's what you expect when I'm here. <laughs> it's all about, no, it's it's not all about just you. time now. <laughs> Does it not look like Jericho's about ready to to, to do the Cobra like Santino Morales? <laughs> <laughs> no, it looks like he's trying to hit a bullseye on some dartboard that he can't seem to see right now. Go back to that pic. Go back to that picture of Kurt Angle. You know the greatest move against Kurt Angle. Hey, I'm over here. Uh... <laughs> oh my! You God. can't see me. <laughs> hey, hey, listen. Four, five, six. Oh, don't be, don't be, don't be, don't be dissing hugonomics. <laughs> Oh, that's UFC uh, Brock. Jesus. Yeah, that's that's when he got the big sword uh, phallical thing written on well, it. Well, you know, you know what he says. Coors Light is better. Oh, there's 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 Jer. There's Jerry and and, and Tony. Yeah. And Tony they were at they were at they impact. Were impact. Yeah. yeah. They were sitting there going, "Wow, I can't believe this is first this front row to get Tony Khan never get... had to pay for." <laughs> <laughs> so wow. he's so happy. Look at him. Wow, Brock Lesnar looking at that logo, going, "Yeah, right." Like I'm going to go there. There's, uh, there's your guy Christian. He was known at one point as CLB, right? That's right, creepy little bastard. Or uh, CC Captain Charisma. Oh man, and I, I, I love his T-shirt. I, that's my, my, that's my motto at work: outwork everyone. Yeah, okay. Let's get to the <laughs> Yeah, you I mean the writ is screwing the pooch. Well, technically, <laughs> unless there's penetration, it's not considered bestiality. Oh my god! Zoinks! Uh, 
Honey, I shrunk the kid. Yeah. And you and you're saying I was mean? Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. You gotta uh-huh. you gotta get the hugging. Get the hugging pictures. Get the hugging pictures. He has changed so much. He went from yes, like he does. slick guy to now he looks like a fucking right, mad scientist. Right there's, him, right there's him carrying CM Punk's bags. You're terrible. <laughs> You're terrible. I didn't know that was the accident. I didn't know that was the airport. The hell's wrong with <laughs> I didn't know. Oh my god. It's me. It's mine. What a picture that is. <laughs> Cody, Cody get ready to side Mario because isn't this I'll be your <laughs> Holy! Oh wait, hold it! That's the Rit too in the back. Look at Rit in the back, the bald guy. That's Rit. <laughs> oh my like gosh! Hold on, picture. hold on. Get get one of his talk hair about, where it's where it's talk completely about prom. Wacky. Look at that! That that what happened here? That seventies show. Drugs. <laughs> yeah. Hold on, hold on. Like, unfortunately, unfortunately, the Dare program um, missed out. <laughs> he's like, he's God like, bless Nancy Reagan. He's like, I, I went, totally. I went to the back, and 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 they, they had him strangled by the throat. Guys, oh I have this great idea for another big announcement. Are you ready? Are you ready? <laughs> this is gonna be the greatest idea ever. Trios titles. You like that? <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was him saying, "And Batista's dick is that big." <laughs> that's a different and, contract and, altogether, isn't it? And, oh. and, and that's the circ- circumference. Get a get a creepy hug pick. I won't, hold, uh, on, the, hold on, hold on. We're getting him right now. <laughs> oh no! Don't do it when he's costly. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! <laughs> why? Fucking why? Is this... Stop! Is this, is this Tony Khan and Ron Jeremy? <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta queue up some really good music for that. Let's see here. Oh God! <laughs> Next, we're gonna have Jerry call call us up. Yeah, we guys uh, can't do any more in the show. <laughs> get a good, get a good creepy, uh, a creepy hug picture of uh, him and uh, Claudio. He, oh my God! It no, was we're, just... we're not showing that one. Show? Oh my God! Are you serious? Hold oh on, my. I got I got Jerry Lynn on the phone right now. <laughs> no, you don't. Hey, what's going on, Jerry? Hey, I just got up here to Toronto. Oh, well, uh, you're, you're you're live on the podcast. Oh Lord! <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, tell him who's tell him who's on here with us. Oh, I, I, I'm not important. You kidding? Who's that? Is that Freeland? Uh, well, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately Jerry, I, I haven't been able to get rid of him yet. But uh, <laughs> no, no, uh, referee Tony. I uh, he, he, I don't know his last name. I'm just I don't know my last name either. I'm just Tony. Yeah. Oh, that's just, all. That's yeah, all. I'm on the road too much this month, so no Halloween this year. Uh, Jerry, you're disappointing me. You're getting soft at your at your young age. How dare you? I know. I know. For, for the amount of money that you make there in AEW, you can't sit there and hire someone to put up decorations for you? Uh, good luck passing that by the wife. Oh, Freeland said uh, he would go down and do it for 10 bucks and three t-shirts. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. And an MJF scarf. Well, got a lot of stuff to set up then. He better get down there. Oh. <laughs> Oh, uh, okay. He just threw, threw threw in an MJF scarf. I don't know if it, I don't know if the budget. I don't know if that'll fly. 
Oh, for the did he tell you what they were going to name their child if it's a boy? Listen, yes, yes we heard. Yes. What do you think of that? I, I was trying to get you know Joshua Christopher, you know J- <laughs> J- Jerry Joshua, you know we, 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 <laughs> Jerry Michael, uh, Michael Jerry Freeland. There you go. Oh, MJF. I like that. Kid's going to have the longest name in the world. This is true. (laughs) We want to name the kid. uh, We want to use the M because my wife's name is Megan. My name is Mike. So we're going to obviously try to stick with the M. So if it's a girl, it's going to be McKenna Freeland because we're the MFers. What's that? But my wife likes likes the idea of... Maxwell. All right, I better get going here because I don't know what, uh, how much Canada will bang me for this phone call. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, it's not that bad. <laughs> okay, Jerry, you take care, man. Much love. All right, talk to you later. Yep. Bye. So my wife loves the concept of having all of us BMs. Right? You sat there and thought I was joking. <laughs> I know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> right on cue. Why didn't we have a graphic? We should I, we, we because our, had a graphic because our, our executive producer we fired him. <laughs> Your executive producer was the one on the phone call, so you should have pulled something up. I should have done something. You're right. I should have. Um, yeah. Why, so why, my why wife. We have a lower third that says on the phone Jerry Lynn because we we have very little production value here. That, that's true. We have no we budget have value. We have to, we. Value. I thought we do. I think yeah, we have value. Something. Yeah. Because yeah, Tony's here tonight. Hey, well. This is this is true. We got we got somebody who's got credibility instead of just yeah. us just look, looking funny. at each other. Jerry Jerry called me at seven o'clock and left a message. I'm about to I'm about to board, and now he just got to the hotel and settled in. Holy crap! So I wonder if he got random customs, <laughs> like probably lo, 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 like so old Mikey used to. He would have landed in Pearson. Uh, Pearson is the big airport in Toronto, and it is a shit show these days. It is it, terrible flying. In and out of there. Is that the one where Mikey always used to say he that he would land and he he was like, oh wait, the one story where he went to the went there, he was about ready to go to customs. And he had to like, hit the head for a second. Yeah, and, and there was no one there. He goes goes to the bathroom, comes back out, and it's freaking packed. Well, Pearson is the major hub for Canada for flying. So what's I've the, flown international out of there several times. It's a nightmare. What's the arena they're going to be at? The Coca-Cola whatever? Uh, Coca-Cola Center. Yeah, it used to be called the Rico Center one time. Okay. Yep. I wonder if that's got... It's a, how big the is that? The Toronto Marlies play there. Um, I'm going to say 7,000. Okay. 8, that's... It's, not, it's not a big arena. Right. So if the arena was Batista's dick, it wouldn't be big enough. <laughs> okay. Maybe I we should have asked Jerry if there's any tickets kicking around because I didn't feel like refinancing my house to go. <laughs> oh, my I'll God. I'll call sick tomorrow and go to the show. Oh, my God. I got to get it. How do I get this on here? Um, let me see. Upload a logo. That's let me exactly see. what Megs was asking. That's not nice. I got a, I got a nice one. Well, I don't, but I mean, it is what it is. That is terrible. There we go. This episode's brought to you by men who bite other men and <laughs> creepy wrestlers <laughs> with bad teeth. Wow, there we go. Oh, Lord.
There we go. This podcast is CM Punk approved. <laughs> that means smile, if he doesn't like separately. it, he's quitting. Oh my god! Creepy so anyway, so, lanyard sold separately. When do you? Okay, so what's this next figure you're gonna get really quickly? What's the next figure you're gonna get, Rit? Oh, I got Series Ten coming, and Series Five of. Oh, I can't wait to get my Jade Cargo. Jade Cargill. What a waste of money. <laughs> what? I'm not buying an God. Otis figure. Dude, if... Oh, okay. He's a big Otis. I got fan. one. Where is... Yeah, my wife took all my figures down from the office. I don't even know where the heck to put them. Man, uh, uh, Otis's figure is so big, it's a two-pack. You know what? I really think Voice Lila awesome. Gray. We had Lila Gray on the show. Woo! Man! What was she the one that was she was moving, wasn't she? When we had her on, she, she was moving and she was also the one that would uh call your girlfriend for you and break up with her. Oh my god, I can't tell you how many times I've listened to that interview. That's a solid hustle, Lila Gray. Holy god, that's you're sweating. Eight, eight, I need 20. to stop. I need to stop thinking. I need to stop. Thinking. <laughs> if, if Freeland ever ever asked, I didn't you, know you started. Hey, oh. oh. <laughs> Oh, if Freeland ever ask you, hey, you want to come on and uh, and and help us do interviews? Make sure he's going to be there. It's a 50-50 chance he will. That's terrible. I don't stonewall <laughs> you. What are you talking about? Six minutes before the Kenny Shamrock interview, Freeland's like, hey, just to let you know, I'm stuck at a parent-teacher conference. You're on your own. I was at a parent-teacher <laughs> conference. I'm a teacher. You got the world's most dangerous man, but I got the world's most dangerous parents. <laughs> it is so why is my kid got a C? I don't know. <laughs> because he can't add. <laughs> why can't you teach him? <laughs> apparently I can. <laughs> oh my god. All right, let's go around the horn here real quickly. Uh what does everybody have to share about what's going on? Maybe not necessarily in wrestling that's interesting them, but I mean you can throw that in. What also is going on with your life? We're gonna first start off with the ass man. What's going on with you, buddy? Uh, not a whole lot, just working, working in my wood shop, trying to get ready scissoring. for the big Christmas market. I'm not scissoring. And that's about it. Life's good. Life is simple. You can you can change the camera now. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, keep going. Like uh, We're really interested. What else is going on with you? <laughs> no, you're not. Yeah. No, there's nothing else going on. I live a very simple life. Cause he work. <laughs> no, I'm not doing it. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> Where's my picture? No scissors. No, no. All right, let me ask you this question, but really quick, really quick. You have to be stuck in a room that's 10 foot by 10 foot with one professional wrestler for six months. Who's it? Who is it and why? That's a good question. Um, you should have said male professional wrestler. Could be anybody. He's going to pick a guy because that's, you know. Hmm. You would pick, like you, you'd pick a guy, right? Yeah, stuck in there for six months. Yeah, I don't yeah. want too much drama in my life. Right? Who are you picking? You picking Otis? Six months in a room, ten by ten, just you and the Oat Man. 
Man, there's not much room left. You got me and Otis in a room. This is true. This is true. Bumping into each other. Oh, man. I'll go. Why you bump, you can always. That's all I'm going to say. You're an idiot. Uh, Yes, indeed I am. Edge. I'll go with Edge. Very good. I like that. Anything else you would like to say? Nope. Goodbye. Okay. Let's go ahead. Let's go to Tony. Tony, you're going to be in a room for six months with another professional wrestler. Who you picking and why? Take your time too. <laughs> well, take your time. Since we've we've already gone into uh, overtime with a surprise cameo phone call by uh, Jerry by, Lynn. Uh, by the new effing show. Um, right. I'm not going to pick a guy. Uh, I'm going to pick a female uh, professional wrestler. Excellent. Who are we going so, with? Um, this one's a little out of the box. Uh, I am picking uh, alpha female Jazzy Gabbert. Ooh, that is yep. actually a really good pick. A really yep. good pick. Yep. Pull, pull up a picture of her, uh, Ritster. <clears throat> she wrestled uh, on AEW, didn't she? She she's uh, she was in the I believe the first May Young Classic. Okay. She's going. To, she's actually part of the New Japan uh, Stardom Women's Title Tournament that they're going to continue with in November. Um, nice. But uh, yeah, got to got to work with her a few years ago and stayed in touch ever since. That's a badass right Kick-ass there. Person. Yeah. Why is this person not getting a shot in the AEW Women's Division? That's what I'm saying. Why? Why is she not being called? Why? Why is this not happening? First of all, she is beautiful. Hello, hello. Second of all, she has got great definition. Right? She yeah. looks like she's a badass. She actually yeah. reminds me of a female Lud- Ludwig Borga, if you remember that back in the day, early WWF. <laughs> Hopefully that ends. Better. All, you, all you Americans. Oh yes, Americans. So, uh, so yeah, that's a good pick. That's a very good pick right there. Yeah. So I would throw her in the category of a Taya Valkyrie as well. Would you agree? I'd agree. Taya Valkyrie. Wow. I I, I would agree. Except um, here's a question: uh, with the Taya Valkyrie factor also equals the John Morrison slash Impact slash Johnny Nitro factor. Would you want to deal with that? Is he uh, is he a head trip? Uh, I wouldn't know that. Never met him. Okay, I, I, I like don't know. This. I mean, if I'm in a ro- if I'm in a room six months with somebody, right? Let's yeah. say I'm not married. None of us are attached to anybody. We're in a room. We're who we are right now. Six months. I'm surprised um, Mr. Butt didn't say Julia Hart either. I was disappointed. Yeah, I mean, you. I'm sorry, guys. No, it's okay. I, mean, I thought I mean, about I mean, it. Listen, listen, listen Edge. Listen, Edge is a good. Edge is a fantastic pick. He loves Tim Hortons. You like Tim Hortons. That was all good. Got the go. Tim Hortons cup. Wow, look at that. Somebody pays attention. There look at that. I didn't even know what that cup was. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had no idea. Man. Uh, who you, you have locked... the attention span of a squirrel. I do. We all know that. I do. I'm sorry. I can't help it. Rit, who are you getting locked in a room with, and why is the answer Johnny Hungy? Oh, Not a bad John thing. Silver. John Silver, the Meat Man. 
But uh, oh man, who you get? Who you getting locked in with? Oh god, I think I know who. The, okay, you look what he's doing. Look what he's doing. He's looking around. He's like, I'm gonna make sure the lady didn't hear what I say. His no, his oh god, Anna J. Oh my god, <laughs> Anna J. Are you freaking kidding me? But but uh, if, if we want to go the male side, we're gonna go Chris Jericho. You know how many stories I could hear. Six months without reading his books. I don't. I don't Sebastian know. Bach Re- reading books. I got a book on tape. Then true. That's a nice way. Jericho would be a good read, pick, honestly. So. Jer- I, I, I like. <laughs> I personally, I like that pick. Jericho would yeah, be would be call. a good pick. Good call. And, and he's and he's Canadian, so I, I get a thumbs up from Butt. There you go. So you know, there's gonna be thumbs up from Butt or. Hey, listen. I if you're gonna have if you're gonna have Canada, then that means that uh, pizza pizza would have to be allowed in the room somewhere. Pizza pizza. Uh, is that the guy um, that was on uh, what's his name? Uh, Primo, whatever. Oh no, no, not him. The actual can the uh, local Canada pizza chain that they have over in. Oh, it's Toronto called Pizza region. Pizza. Pizza yes. pizza. Oh, I kick, did not know that. Kick ass. Freeland. Really. Yes. You, you, you got to catch up on the on, on Canadian oh, kick ass. I used to go to Tor- I used to go to Toronto when I was a kid. Well, I'll tell you now. If you were ever in the backup this way, you let me know. I'll, I, I will let, for I real will let you know. Oh yeah. See, front row material. We're starting the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. We're trying to get as many <laughs> people as we know to get in contact with each other, so we can somehow, in any way, shape, or form, you know somebody through front row material through some way. So you know Jerry. Now you know us. Now you know but there's your degrees right there. There you go. Yep. See? <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. What about you, buddy? Where, where yeah. are you, Tony? I'm from outside of Boston. Oh, are Boston. you are you are you in Boston right now? No, I wish. Or are no, you uh, where are you located at the present? No, I'm I'm in, I'm one hour outside of Boston. Nice, Boston. Yeah. Are I love, you a, I love me some Boston Red Sox. He's a Red Sox fan. Actually, no. You're oh, not a Red Sox fan. Nope. You a Patriots fan? I I'm a well. This season is. Uh, Answer this carefully. If you are want you a Patriots fan? No. Good. Look in the camera. Look in the camera and say no. You kind of looked away. No, well, I've been looking away for the last three hours. Am I a Patriots fan? Absolutely not. Okay, perfect. You can stay. You can stay. Thank you. That's the right answer. That's right. Because I'm a, I'm a Jets fan, and uh, I'm all about Zach Wilson and his mommies. Hey, so is Rich Eisen. Yes, he is. Indeed, he is. Who would I have in my room if if I was single? Nothing else. Just me. Come Eve on, Marie. Eve Marie. Pull up a picture of Eve Marie. No. Try over, to find the over, worst I, picture you can. Over Mikey Whiprack? You would have to <laughs> over, just, over Mikey. Just dissing the man. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Pull up the worst picture you can find of Eve Marie, and it's a nine. Worst picture. Woman is damn near perfect. That's all I'm saying. He's no Mandy Neidhart. Okay. Whoa. Hello. <laughs> Hello. 
Hello, there is my point right there. <laughs> Hello, can we get that one blown up? Oh man. Oh man. We're gonna have to wrap this show up, guys. Thanks for showing up. <laughs> yeah. Keep sending me those. He needs a minute. Yeah. Send, send me those. He's gonna, gifts, need, Daddy. he's gonna need several. Like seriously. I, d- I doubt that. It's gonna be <laughs> a minute. It's gonna be a short show. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! My goodness. Okay, that that might be the worst one I've seen. Uh well, you're still what we would call insane. <laughs> she could have her head tattooed like Bam Bam Bigelow. Wouldn't give a shit. Okay, <laughs> that's all I can tell you. Wow. If you don't, okay, what do you guys give her on a scale of one? To, okay, hold on, hold on. You're you're going through them really really fast. <laughs> My pants are my pants are way too tight right now. Hold on, stop. Okay, go to the one down below. Go, your cursor to where she's like touching her hair. No, 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 the one over there, there, there. Blow that shit up. Blow it up. Blow it up. Oh, you. I said blow that picture up. Can you blow that up? Let me go to the website that it's from. Coming up on zoom it. Zoom, zoom that ass. Yeah, get into that. Oh my. This is insane. This is just a, literally this is a very, okay. All right, freeze. freeze. Stop, 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 stop. Go to the pink one. They got the red and the pink almost in the middle. That one. Click on that one. Wow. You, you do know <laughs> I'm just showing them your screensavers, right? Shut your mouth. All right. So, first of all, Rit, what do you give her a scale one to ten? Don't bullshit me either. Don't bullshit me. Eight and a half. I said don't bullshit. Eight and a half? Eight and a half? <laughs> yeah. Eight and a half? Is that because you're from Pennsylvania? Like, what, no. what? Do you guys not? You stopped counting at eight? Like, what the hell? No, eight and a half. That's it. Eight and a half is what you give her. We're going to go to the ass man. Maybe in foreign countries, they know better. What do you give her? Eight. You are both on crystal math, I swear to God. You oh, both. From Pennsylvania. <laughs> what is that? I don't know. What is that? I, 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 I clicked you... on something down here. All right, let's go. Let's go. Let's go to somebody who actually uh, knows a little bit more. Click on another. Oh, click on the one where the almost the ponytail one <laughs> on the far side. No, no, no. Down, down. Now over. Right there. Click on that. Maybe it's not pony. Oh, oh my God! All right, Tony. Whew, man, Tony. I need a glass of water. Tony, go <laughs> ahead. and. Tony, give me your answer. Give me your you, answer. Uh, Scale one to ten. Don't bullshit me. If you say eight, this is your last appearance on the show. It was nice knowing you. I'll send you a link and give it a free one. How about? <laughs> Trying to undermine me now. What do you give her? Seriously, if a ten, okay. The way I look at it is ten is not attainable, right? Ten is just not possible. Right. Yeah, ten. So, ten is too much. Correct. So there's, there's always now we're in the nines. Where do we go in the nines? Are we going nine two nine three? Do we go nine and a half, or do you take it as far as like nine seven nine eight? What is this Olympic Games? Like, what the, <laughs> we're not doing that. <laughs> like, what do you got? What I, do you I got? Did, I, did, I, did, I didn't know we were judging Eva Marie the same as uh, figure skating. We are. Uh, this is like the slalom. Yeah, I mean, which I don't is know actually... what she looks. I don't know what she looks like now. That uh, that's the thing. Okay, so, go Rit, pull up, pull up, even Marie, twenty twenty two. Because and everyone should be prepared to go into cardiac arrest. Hey, I've already done that. You have? Yeah, yeah, I've, I've done it. You've had a heart attack? 
No, I've, I've, I've done cardiac arrest before, yeah. No, you physically have gone into cardiac arrest. You. You flatlined? If I said it, it happened, yeah. Holy shit. I feel yeah. bad about joking about it. I'm, oh, man. Well, well, there, well, there you go. Now I feel like a douche. <laughs> now I feel like a douche. Okay, let's see. Okay, so this is what she looks like now. Oh, my God. Okay, so. Give me the smile one. I like to see, I like some teeth. Give me some teeth. Give me some teeth. Look at that. Ah, that's what, yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Teeth. Give me some okay. teeth. Oh. Oh, damn. So that's, see, that's the, that's the key. It's, it's about today. It's not about, it's about today. It's not about what you look like then. So uh, I like, I like today more than that. So I will put today in the nines. You know what? Point what? <laughs> <laughs> Point what? Point what? Hold on. Give me some more scantily clad shit. This whole dress hang, thing is hang, hang on a, Hang on a second. I, I, what, is she going to church? Come on. Give me something else. What? Fiddle of it. Tony answered before Freeland has a stroke looking at her pictures or she strokes her. That's stuff. already happened. It's too late. Uh, it's too late to apologize. Again. It's too late. Look at that. That that. But see, that's just too classy. I don't like classy. I don't like that. But see, that that's that's the thing. That's like the thing. Classy. <laughs> I'm not saying she's not classy because I don't know her as a person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, she gets wind of this. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> she will never be on the show. We don't know that. She could be like, oh my god. That's true. We don't know that. I like fat guys with balding hairlines well, and. Well, goatees. we're not going to mention the one person I was in talks with, and then she caught. Of the show, and she did not catch wind of the show. She did no, I don't think that actually was true because we never said anything that was kind of like, Oh, we didn't. Another, oh, okay, so we had another panel member on, okay, and the other panel member might have said something. All I gotta say is, she had pasties on recently at a GCW show, Mm. Chelsea Green. Chelsea Green, I'll say I'll say a couple things here. First of all, very lovely lady. Gosh, there we go. Very lovely lady. What what, what we're gonna do is uh, <laughs> we're gonna sit there and say we're gonna see you next week on Front Row Material. We don't. I we hold under, I no one no one says yeah. goodbye. That's T O double D P E double T E N G I double L Todd Pettengill. Hold on, Tony. Tony, tell everybody your your, your details so people can get a hold of you. Okay, we'll get the deets out of the way. First of all, it's a pleasure to be here, uh, even with the the cameo from uh, former ECW World Heavyweight Champion Jerry. You can uh, (laughs) uh, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, all the all the deets. But uh, Twitter and Instagram, I'm at referee Tony S. Uh, There's only one, and if there's any other ones that you can. politely uh block and report them thank you um but uh, referee tony s on twitter and instagram i am also um i'm also the host of the of the heat wrestling podcast which uh i do and uh, we do rewinds and just have a good old time on the uh on the uh on the show Uh, that's on all podcast platforms as far as uh refereeing goes uh, serious inquiries only. You can email me at referee20s at gmail.com. Uh, I have live events going on for the rest of the year in the Massachusetts area. Um, September, sorry, we're not even in September. Uh, October 15th, 29th, 
and November and December. I will be out in the mid, I'll be out in the Charlotte area sometime next year. We're going to raise some hell, have a good time on that. Um, but uh, primarily, uh, referee Tony S on Twitter, uh, primarily that's where I'm at. But want to see uh, the shows I do on Instagram as well. And uh, yeah, shoot me a DM and uh, you know, we'll talk some wrestling and uh, just have a good old time. And uh, definitely a pleasure to be here on 12 hours notice on the uh, front of wrestling podcast where <laughs> I got a message. Hey, so, so um, Hey, uh, so, uh, you want to, uh, an idea to have you on. Want to come on? <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just like, let's see, Kevin. Well, no, it was like Freel and I were talking about doing this for a while. And of course, uh, I, you know, I support his show. I support whatever you guys are doing. So, uh, just a pleasure for me to come on, just uh, shoot the shit, and just to meet uh, all you cool people. And uh, we can talk about Ace Steel, and we can talk about Eva Marie, and we can talk about everything. But we're just wrestling fans having fun. And, it's uh, just all in haha. No one means anything. Yeah, it's just yeah, all in haha. But yeah, uh, referee Tony S on Twitter primarily, but I'm all over the place and. Uh, if I'm at a show in your area, yeah, come say hi. Do you have merch? I'm a referee. I don't need merch. Uh, I was going to say, it has feeling as for a t-shirt yet, but... That's not fit. <laughs> okay, okay. Two X, just so you know. <laughs> Thank Uh-oh. you. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I... I'm a I'm an I'm an official. I mean, I, I don't... Uh, I don't you should, do... You can always send, uh, send Foot Locker shirts out. But that no, my my shirts are my shirts are, are are special. They're not even Foot Locker shirts. I get mine special. Um, I can do. I mean, I have this whole. Well, I at the time I I didn't know the referees weren't even supposed to have merchandise, but I had eight by tens printed somewhere. Um, but uh, I can find a one or two of them. I think I still have. Well, wait a minute. Did I just hear? Did your phone go off? Because I think Freeland just sent you his address. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. Stop it. You schmo. Pri- pri- priority mail will be there in two days. Thank you. <laughs> it wasn't PayPal. Trust me. He did not send you PayPal. Okay. Okay. We're not out me anymore about this. We're done. My gosh. All right. Ritster, tell everybody what's going on with you. What's what's going on? Details. Just waiting for those figures to come in the mail. I got, uh, oh, I forgot to tell you, I got also, uh, this, <laughs> the, <laughs> I also got the, uh, Supremes, Supreme 1 and 2, Cody Rhodes and Britt Baker coming to my house. So, as the great Ace Steel <laughs> will say, oh, did, did anyone ever tell you who Ace Steel's favorite wrestler was? Who is it? It's Junkyard Dog. <laughs> oh my god, you're terrible. Oh my God! You're terrible. How do we? How do we stay on? I have no idea. Oh, I have no we're idea. We're on. All right. We're so, so, guys, with that good. being said, I'd like to thank our special guest, Tony. Please, we're going to go ahead and put his contact information up on our social media as well. Please reach out to him. Support his show as well. You can get his podcast anywhere fine podcasts are made available. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button as well. Follow him on all forms of social media. And once again, if you see him at a show, go ahead and let him know that you support him as well. For the butt, for the writ, for myself, for CM Punk and Teddy Chompers, 
My name is Mike Freeland. It has been so much fun. We will catch you on the next. You going to hit the button, Rit? My name is Mike Freeland, and if you're looking for an exciting wrestling podcast to add to your library, then look no further than the Front Row Material brand. Each and every week I sit down with some of the most exciting superstars in the world of wrestling, from upcoming stars in the indies to dedicated veterans of the squared circle. I also host a daily podcast called Headlines, which gives you the updated information on all your favorite superstars in all your favorite promotions, giving you not only the backstage look, but also what are the industry experts saying about things. And finally, join myself and my my executive producer, The Rit, where we talk about everything in the world of professional wrestling all across the landscape, from storylines to interviews to what's happening and what we think is going to be happening the next time you turn on your TV. Don't miss it. It's the Front Row Material brand brought to you by the MLW Radio Network. The Rule.